This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Marceline Wolfcrone of Balmung, Dexboost of Cactuar, and Destriant Zilius of Lunarcry on Sargatanis. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Racist teenagers online are gonna butt ram me. Carlo. That's my shib. Juxtaposition. <laughs> Yay! Ascalia. Who are you calling drunk? You're not drunk, I'm drunk. And Mika. What is happening? LimitBreakRadio.com. Five! Welcome to Limit Break Radio, a radio really exciting. Respoiled. A radio really, uh, really early. (laughs) We are are significantly early today. I was told there'd be coffee and donuts. There aren't. Well, there's Mountain Dew and Alfredo, so deal with it. Yeah, that's what you get. I don't know why. Uh, welcome to the show, episode number 25. Yes, we are a little bit early here today on twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. I'd like to thank everyone who's joining us live right now. And uh, if you'd like to join us live, if you're listening on the podcast, head on over to twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. I really want to I, I, I really want to especially thank any West Coast viewers that are that are hanging out and uh, and checking the show out right now, you guys are troopers. Holy crap! I don't. Yeah, I don't know if if you're just early risers. It's nine thirty in in, uh, in California right now. I can't remember the last time I was now. up by nine thirty. You should I be get up, up that early now. when I have to work. Yeah, na- no nine. Yeah, nine thirty. No. I say me me and Juxta woke up early the day because we actually went to the gym to work out. And we yeah. got, when we got back home at like like nine o'clock, I kind of looked around and I'm like, what do people? do this early when they don't have to work i went back to bed (laughs) you guys are awful uh so welcome to the show episode number 25 we are of course live from eorzea let's kick it over to the studios we're hanging out in the studios uh if you'd like to join us of course you can uh add our our house i don't know what the hell hey anero what we've got a guy who's tuning in from hawaii Hawaii? it's 6 20 in the morning (laughs) right now oh my god (laughs) welcome special shout out to you wow what a what a fan uh either that or just the very very early riser uh, i don't anyway. like this show enough to tune in that early no by yeah. the way we're in lavender beds ward two plot 11 there you go if you'd like to join us live for the show you can do that uh but uh thank you for tuning in live and uh and uh you know if if you are tuning in live right now uh maybe 
you've been uh, over to our website at LimitBreakRadio.com. Is maybe, it different? Maybe you haven't. It is significantly different. We have a brand new design. Uh, we, we mentioned it on the last show. Uh, well, it is live now. We have made it a reality. And, and actually, uh, you, dear uh, Patreon uh, uh, donors, have actually made this uh, possible with your gifts at Patreon.com slash LimitBreakRadio. It's an all-new site. Uh, it's it got a uh, HTML5 player as opposed to the old Flash player, which uh, it, I, I I don't know I, it, I don't know why it's taken us this long to uh, to to step into 2010. But yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like it really actually took like not that much effort and we went really quickly. The site redesign <laughs> did so. it? Oh. Did it really? Yeah, <laughs> I I hardly even noticed. I, yeah, right? I, I bet you guys wouldn't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, uh, that was my labor of love over the past week has been getting that set up and ready to go. Not everything is totally up to date there, but please head on over to LimitBreakRadio.com and check out our new design. Uh, it's really slick. It's very easy to navigate. It's, uh, really easy to find our old content, our archived content. And, uh, and and yeah, give us some feedback. Hosts at LimitBreakRadio.com. Let us know what you think of the new site. And uh, and thank you guys uh, for your generosity at patreon.com slash limit break radio for making this happen. Uh, th- this this could not have happened without you. And so we we thank you very much. And so, yeah, uh, it's live for everyone to enjoy. And, uh, you know, actually, I think I think one of the coolest new features of the website is the Twitch integration. Uh, you can check out limit and easily tell if the channel is live from any page on that website and uh, in fact if you go to any page except the front page uh, almost any page uh, you can uh, find a little widget that will uh, show you how many people are listening and uh, what the you know what the stream title is so uh, we we invite you to explore the new website over at limitbreakradio.com and uh, let us know what you think so uh, that's uh, that that's what's been going on in in terms of uh, uh, of Limit Break Radio stuff and, uh, you know, uh, why I haven't been logged on or uh, <laughs> been streaming very much. I've been... Uh, How many hours did that take you? Uh, like a couple, like two? No, I would say, I mean, it took, it took a good, like, first I had to, had to, like, put the design on a, like, have that on its own separate server away. Like, like, I wanted to have everything set up and ready to go so that we could do the transfer, like, do the new design, put that in place in a single night, which you yeah. guys, you streamed and unveiled, uh, Kahlo and Juxta, uh, streamed and unveiled the, the site on Friday night. Uh, when we were updating the servers. So, uh, I, w- I mean, I don't know. It took like five or six sessions. I had to, uh, edit nearly every post in there to be able to fit the new format. Juxta did 10 of them. Yes, yeah, Juxta I, I did 10. You did 10. So, You're welcome. Congrats. Ten of how many was it? 915? You yeah. Know, you know what? Yeah. I did 10. There were a lot. How many did everybody else do? None. Exactly. There we go. None. He did a million percent more than we did. Uh, but the other cool thing that the new website has is uh, it's got a blog feature. Uh, one of the big problems with the old website was that 
when we would want to sort of use it as a blog and and post something it would push down the episode content and you want that like right there if somebody's coming to limitbreakradio.com uh and the nice part is is that the blog acts as a blog and and so the blog posts on the front page are, are right there at the bottom uh and uh and the blog has its own uh portion of the the menu so it's easy to find and so if you want updates it's about scheduling or if you want to know our thoughts on something on uh, a thing we blog about yeah uh, uh rants um musings uh videos we like uh x-men funny pictures x-men meme, meme meme pictures i don't know x-men why x-men oh <laughs> i see you're, you're setting up that drop i, I see now okay uh, <laughs> so X-Men, I guess. Doing your job efficiently, Juxta. Sorry. No, it's, it's really hard to work that one in, okay? <laughs> you I found two it. scenarios where it's worked pretty well, and I think that's a, that's a commendable oh, cause. Oh, I don't know. I think he had to go pretty far out of his way to, to make that one work. Especially the... And, and the first time that he did it? Come on. That, that was a Hail Mary. Hey, you, you douchebag. That really was a Hail Mary, wasn't it? It worked, though. I caught that football, and I ran it down into the goal line, and I yeah, got the... the only the... reason it worked is because Nero made it work. Yeah. So he saw you running Did down he... the field and was like, you know what? All right. He, he, tac- he tackled the uh, the safety, and then All we, right, hold we on, got... Hold on, hold on. What is, the, what is going on here? We're talking about sports ball. <laughs> yes, I, I know. Hence the confusion. Look, look. It, it's a day for first because... What is this, Anira? What is walking all over our desk? Uh, what do you mean? There's, there's a lot a of fucking, that's there's Frederick. a lot of shit that's walking all over our desk. That's no, Frederick uh, no, drinking up no, Kalu. No, if you notice, okay, my Nutkin is behaving on my shoulder. Uh, the red panda is sitting on Juxta's shoulder, being fine. It's and your not, fucking it's, duck, your fucking ugly duck, is just walking all over the damn desk. My ugly duck is awesome. Speaking of which, it's not what very the ugly. Hell? What is with this mess here? <laughs> Pick up your erotic fan fictions and get them out of here. We have a show to do. Uh, well, we abandoned the studio for a good, you know, couple of uh, couple of weeks, and, and and when we're not here, shit piles up on the desk. I, I mean, who the hell is moving into our studio? Well, you guys aren't picking up after yourselves. You're leaving show notes and it's and, and intern work. Oh, leave it for the oh, intern. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Leave it for the intern. Who's the intern? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the intern is the, the intern. Duckling. Uh, I think, Juxta, you might be the low man on the totem pole. Nah, uh-uh. Yeah. I'm the accountant, okay? I happen to be a kick-ass accountant. What do we got number six over here doing? Don't you why have did, a drop for that? Yeah, why did you say the drop? Because I don't actually have the drop in here. Why, why would I ever use that drop? Right there! Right now! Right the fuck now! Well, I don't have it. Oh, my God. You're the worst. <laughs> Why? Why? Oh my God! Why do we pay you money? Why do you? Why do we? Why do you handle money? I don't. Oh my God! Did I just blow your mind? No, you didn't. Did I just blow your mouth? Oh my God! <laughs> Good Lord! Raising. It is too early for this. Uh, anyway, so uh, coming up uh, this week, uh, this uh, well, no, in a, in a couple of weeks actually, uh, we've got the uh, two year live stream that's uh, that Square Enix is hosting. Uh, this is this is really the only piece of news outside of the the stuff. 
uh, from Gamescom. The very little that we got from Gamescom and kind of, I don't know, kind of disappointing. But yeah, it's uh, not even any actual concrete stuff. It's yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, a it's, lot. Please look forward to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not going <laughs> to give it to us right now. I mean, what's Gamescom really? Well, I didn't, I didn't do, even know it was a thing. I, I, I do it's n- always been a thing. It's the yeah. Game Expo in uh, Germany. It just came out this and year. It's awful. <laughs> Uh, so uh, they, I'm sure that they are holding back a lot of their information for this two-year live stream. Anyway, that's going down Saturday, August 22nd at 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's going to be available on uh, Nico Nico, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, the live letter, which is, of course, the most important part, that's going down uh, from 12.30 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. And then there's uh, another thing, the, the other really interesting thing. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that they're doing for this. But the other really interesting thing is the lore lowdown. That's going down from 2.30 a.m. to 3.30 a.m. Uh, so, I'd say that sounds like something that, like, a name we came up with, but I think we'd have been more clever than that. The lore lowdown. I actually, I think that's a pretty good name. You the Lord loaded my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably what we would have come up with. Never mind. Real mature. Comment rescinded. Real mature. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, if, if you haven't made time or if you didn't know about that, put that on your calendar. That's going down again Saturday, August 22nd at 11 p.m. Eastern. Of course, we'll be watching that, and we've got uh, a show scheduled for the very next day. Uh, Our show is going to be later on in the day, uh, probably around 7 or 8 p.m., uh, because and a really cool thing is because uh, they're actually going to host us during the thing, so every, so we'll be part of Square Enix, and no, it'll be a great, no, wonderful thing. We no, can only dream. That's actually not why the the reason the actual reason why we're going to be so late that day is because I live on a river. Oh, and he lives in a day. van down by the in river. In a van down by the river. No, uh, I live. <laughs> I live by a river, and there's going to be hydroplane boat races that day, <laughs> and those are super loud. I don't know if the, if you've ever been near those, but they can be very, very loud. And so we do not want to have a very noisy stream or show that day. And so we're going to be going live around seven or eight on Sunday, August the twenty third. We hope that you will join us for that. I just like to think there's this contingent of fans who thinks we're always making up excuses and they're like oh <laughs> listen to the one they got this time hydroplane <laughs> boat races delaying the show no that is a uh, actually that's actually true so that is true let's talk about the very little tidbits of stuff that we got out from gamescom this year uh the first being uh this very interesting t-shirt that yoshi p was wearing <laughs> uh which I is actually spoilers which i need one which is actually uh, the inspiration for the theme of today's show, we're going to be talking about the story of Heaven's Word. So this show is going to contain spoilers. If you have not finished the story for 3.0 yet. What have you been doing? You you should stop now. P- pause now. If you're listening live, bail out now. Because Come back and listen later. The spoiler embargo on Heaven's Word content has been lifted. And it's officially been lifted by Yoshi P. The well, show sheep. What was the t-shirt? What was the, it? Was the I miss Orshafont t-shirt? You missed. It's, it's, it's a remember. never. Yeah, I'll always remember. That was it. Uh, it says always remember, and then hashtag never forgets. 
and it had a picture of hearts and farts on it. Ah, he'll be missed. <laughs> and why'd you kill him, you dick? Hearts. <laughs> never forget. I will never forget. So, so do you think that this is an indication that Hearts and Farts is truly and once and for all a character that will finally be dead and stay the fuck dead? We buried him in his grave. Yes, but uh, zombie or Shafans? Zo- yeah, four point zombie takeover. Hey, a lot of people have died and come back. This so. season rips but off Game of Thrones. Next season, Walking Dead. Buried them in graves. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, did we actually really see the grave? Did we see yes. the body? Yeah, we, you can actually go yes. visit it. No, 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 no. You see the grave stone, but you don't you, actually you see the body. Yeah, oh, I demand to dig up his body. He dies, and you take it back with you. You have to assume. Did you check that's his pulse? Because apparently you have to do that to confirm <laughs> people are dead in this story. Uh, I, I don't yeah. remember doing that. Guys, it, oh, okay. hey. Remember, remember how we saw. Remember how. Remember how we saw the Sultana die too. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But we didn't no, bury no, no, her. No, we didn't see her die. We saw her drink and fall over. And Hearts be unconscious. Orzovan does have a pretty big hole Hearts in his chest. No, 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 I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just Lead saying. I'm quoting us from the from the <laughs> last time that we sat around and talked about story that we saw the sultana die we know that she's dead we don't know that the scions are dead we didn't see them die we know the sultana is dead those were our words we, yeah, we i'm pretty butthurt about it we jumped to a lot of conclusions and i don't know i i just i i you know when when fool me once up. fool me <laughs> once yoshi p Never again. Look, I can never again trust the no, character is dead. No, point, though, that Hildebrand was buried and did come back. Yeah. Uh, Nero, there are a few things that when happened, that, that, that when Square Enix does it, I think it's safe to assume they're not coming back, all right? First and foremost, when you are placed in a lake and you sink to the bottom, <laughs> you're not coming back, okay? Mm-hmm. And I would like to add to that list when Hashtag you are Stormer. When you are speared, <laughs> he didn't sink to the bottom. When you are, <laughs> speared, oh, what? You are way to move the, the goalposts. He said he did say sink. Not coming back. He did say sink. <laughs> uh, I just I, assumed his bottom like hit the hit the bottom of the lake, and his top was still over. I sincerely so. hope in the remake that she floats. Just saying, <laughs> out of for no reason. Just and, and Cloud, Cloud kind of like tr- tries to push her down. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, just arbitrary change. Just you know, to, it's a fantasy world. Not? It's fantasy water. Different rules may apply. <laughs> the density in that w- world may be different than our world. This is that famous breathing water. Uh, so much about. wasn't dead. Anyway. Yeah, like in freaking FF10, they can breathe under the water to play Blitzball. You can yeah. totally be buried in water. It's a thing. Okay, I'm just saying King Thoradin, Hearts and Farts is gonna Hearts and Farts is gonna be resed by King Thoradin as the thirteenth knight of the King Knights of the Round. Cause why not? Like we're just making <laughs> shit up. Primal. So now you have to fight your best friend Hearts and Farts. How whoa, will you whoa, do it? Whoa, whoa, let's not go throw around terms like best friend. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. They I think seem it's very determined to put- that your yeah. character was really close with them. If not, then my character cries over nothing. Because good lord, that, anyway, like, they did a good job making your character look sad. By the way, anyway, we're, oh, hey, we hey, didn't like hearts and farts. We're, you know what? We're still in the Gamescom uh, section <laughs> of the outline here. We, we jumped the gu- jump, We jumped the gun a little bit here oh. on the story discussion. Oh, all right, so wait. let's roll this back. Hold on, we're we're, we're still in Gamescom. We're I'm still sorry, in- I thought it was garbage. It <laughs> is, but it's still something that we need to cover. So, uh, damn contracts. 
The yes. The, so Yoshi P coming out in the Hearts and Farts T-shirt lifts the embargo on spoilers because he is Yoshi P, and we must follow his lead. If you kill him off, are you allowed to mourn him? I'm not sure. Like, are you allowed to miss Hearts? It's true. And Farts He's the if one. You're who the decided. one who offed him. Like, that's like murdering someone and going to their funeral and be like, yeah, he was a great guy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I miss him. I wish he was still here. Like, yeah, I'll bet you do, asshole. <laughs> Escalia, we are trying to talk about Gamescom. This is important stuff. Gamescom? I am talking about Gamescom. Gamescom. Whatever. With an M. Wait, yeah, what's it has the an com M- stand for then? Is it what? Games communication? Community? Games commercial. <laughs> Who I'm going to go with community. Gamescom Senna. What? This is uh, this is, this is a really good derail, guys. That's what we do? Are you, are, you, are you new to the show? Uh, so let's talk about these gold saucer editions. Uh, big coming ev- edition. Yes. Uh, the uh, there's a big event in scope to triple triad and chocobo races. Flying races. Oh God, what? no! What really? Okay, make it worthwhile. There's no point in doing these stupid events. Yep, I, I hate gold saucer. Hold on, hold on. Just to clarify, because because Nika came pretty quick with that point. Um, in in the actual article that that this was quoted from, those are two different things. The chocobo races aren't gonna be the new big event, but they do want to make an event that is as big in scope as what Triple Triad and Chocobo Racing is. Something all new. Oh. And then they also have the idea that they would like to make a new instanced area where flying chocobo races can take place. Two I, separate things. I mean, I'm I'm definitely kind of interested what the big event is that they that they've teased. Uh, I, I, Gambling. They. Uh, I, I mean, clearly snowboarding. They, they've. Oh God, no! <laughs> you have to <laughs> snowboard and event. play triple try at the same time. Or the submarine game. Everyone loved that one. I mean, they've already talked about Blitzball, but do do you think it? Well, that's that was going to be my question: is do you think that yeah. they're going to be pulling from Final Fantasy history, or do you think that they're going to be creating something unique to Final Fantasy fourteen? I think I think with Triple Triad and Chocobo Racing, that you've kind of covered, you know, kind of covered your bases. You kind of covered your bases in terms of like some of the more popular side quest stuff. Blitzball. I don't know, man. Blitzball is so unique to FF ten. But Yoshi has mentioned that he would like to include it if it was possible ah i just i don't i would i would i think i would like to see something original they should do turn-based blitzball that'd Chocobo be really great. hot and cold from ff9 no yeah that was so I much fun in 11 that. i hope yeah. that comes back i hated that exactly I liked it. you would they have chocobo hot and cold and it's called aether currents <laughs> 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 but but there's no time limit for that there needs to be a time limit <laughs> Please add time limits to Aether. Add your own time limit. If you don't get them within three hours of entering a zone, they're gone forever. (laughs) (laughs) That's just There's some that you can get right away. Well, you better get level quickly. Get good. So there's also going to be new rewards and prizes, obviously. So uh, that's that. I mean, that's cool. New glamour stuff. New expensive uh, mounts that none of us can afford. Yeah, new in the lottery. Can they like make it good rewards that I want to actually work for? Yeah, or something. I, I mean, I, there like were what? there was really yeah, only a few things. Be, Juxta? I don't know. Like, a new minion. Truly, there glamour. was really there was really not much that a lot that I people really liked. Like. You know, the Setzer glamour and the bunny suit. And okay, but I, I am s- still trying to get that fucking Zidane card from Gold Packs. I have gotten oh, three three Warrior of Light cards, three, <laughs> and I have gotten zero Zidane. That's how much this game yeah. hates me. 
Nika, did you know that I have both Warrior of Light and Sedane? Fuck you. Nika, did you get Ravana? No, and I also still, again, run Aerie even though I've leveled past it and have not gotten Nidhogg. I swear to God, this game- I have Nidhogg! Okay, this is what I need from Triple Triad and Chocobo Races. I need stuff that you can only get from doing that, not stuff you buy with Mandeville Gold Saucer points, because I'm just going to buy my little scratch-off tickets every day and slowly work towards it. I don't. I, I thought some of the weapon glamours were kind of cool. Um, I was gonna I'd, say yeah. Like what else? Were, besides glamour, pets, and mounts, like you can't put actual like progressive yeah, stuff in but there. What, so, but what he's so saying what is something that want? only comes from Chocobo races because if you can get MGP from every single event, you're just going to do like you said the scratch off tickets to get the glamours and the mounts and That's stuff. That's true. Whereas yeah. if the glamours and the mounts come specifically from like winning. You know, like how they have the front lines ones, like win 200 chocobo races, get a unique chocobo mount. You know, I, honestly, the more, you know, the more we keep running into things like this, I really think that a lot of things are not properly incentivized in this game. That uh, seems to be a reoccurring theme. It is. It is. I, I, You know, for all of the things that are well designed about Final Fantasy 14, I'm just not sure that the incentives have been completely th- thought through and and are at best short-sighted winner gets a house world triple triad championships <laughs> no okay this is what they should do for like chocobo races like have like some kind of big tournament thing that you can only win like once like every week or something and then whatever drops from there like maybe a minion or a mount uh barding or something make it not binding to you so then you can sell in the auction house and now you have the same thing they have with the treasure chest hunts now you have like an actual reason to do it because then you can sell it for gill yeah, that's that's, not- and then the people who don't want to bother with chuckle races can still get that shit if they farm the gill, and then make gill worth cool. having. Exactly. That's pretty, that's See, and cool. I I agree with that, but this game has not ever followed that formula, and a lot of MMOs do. Like you know, the PvP gear is so exclusive to PvP to make you want to do PvP, but people don't do it anyway, and no one can get the gear. So, oh, no, no, the problem with PvP gear is that it's completely worthless. Like the PvP it's stats all, it's don't glamour. work in it's PvP. Glamour. It is glamour. It is even even the the highest eye level stuff. It's just glamour. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it's kind of like, you know how we were talking about there was nothing in this game that you can look at a character and know, oh, like they're really cool like because they have a relic or something. But I guess in this game, PvP gear, if you see someone with it, it's kind of like an achievement. Yeah, I mean, because they have, you know that they've had to put in the work to get the yeah. rank. But that's that's it, though. Yeah. And, and you know, it, they they removed the, uh, you know, a lot of the rank requirements from the old, from all of the old tiers of gear which is fine that's, i don't know man that's an entire expansion i think yeah. that's okay uh, i mean i was kind of butthurt about it but it's fine now i mean now you have that <laughs> now I mean, you I'm, have the new ones to work towards i'm just i'm not i'm the, not the problem is that it looks ugly as shit but you know yeah, yeah whatever I, i'm it, it my I, it, see, I, it's it, I'm sitting here with my body piece glamoured to the PvP, <laughs> the Dark Knight PvP set. But honestly, it, had they kept that that rank work requirement in, I probably would have been grinding a shitload of PvP well, no, to get it because I really like that body piece. Well, that's just the problem. Then you should be wanting to grind to the next one, which makes it even look more awesome. But it doesn't. It, it looks doesn't. like shit. Yeah, but, so, and that's not just point, PvP. Point like, taken, point like, taken. How much gear in this expansion looks particularly great? Because there's like the alexander uh, gear looks like ass my af3 is not impressive like i don't know what? i don't know i think i think a, a lot the, of like the helm is cool but the body looks like are you wait the dragoon stuff you don't like 
Not the body. What? I, I, I have you seen it, it on? Okay, maybe okay. the dragoon. Here's, no, the dragoon. Fair. The dragoon shit is great. You know, it looks good. I don't know on, what like, the fuck you're talking. It looks good about. on male characters. Like it looks like ass on female Ellison, and it looks like ass on Mikotes. So, uh, Nero, this is probably the time I should tell you I'm switching over to a male Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> have fun with that. Uh, that's no, okay. I mean, like, even, like, the ninja, like, AF3, like, when I first saw it in that awful, grainy video, I'm like, eh, whatever. It looks like a ninja, but now that I've seen it, like, high res, I'm like, this shit looks really good. Yeah. The AF3 looks really great, like, all of them, except uh, for somewhere. I'm not... Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, I, I Black I, Mage is terrible. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's terrible. What is... Which is the... Bla- remind me, what's the Black Mage again? The hat looks like you took, like, a straw uh, roof off of, like, an old house from the midi- mid- medieval ages and just put it on your head. It's, it's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's all, like, fur, and it's just... It's bad. It's okay. so bad. All right. Uh, I, I believe you. I, I won't bother looking it up, but I believe you. <laughs> Uh, I, I of course really love the Dark Knight set. The Dark Knight set is fantastic. Um, the Paladin set's pretty cool too. I like the Paladin one too. Yeah, the Paladin does look pretty, pretty goddamn great. I keep hearing people say like the sword does not look good or something. I'm the Paladin? sword, my the Paladin sword or Dark Knight sword? Maybe it was the Dark Knight sword. I I, I like I like the Dark Knight sword a lot. I got it, but then I glamored my sword back to Ramu just because yeah. I I feel like everyone's gonna have it for for a while and. The th- again, uh, going all back. All the to Ramu wh- weapons are awesome. Yeah, no, all no. the all the Ramu weapons are pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, uh, but uh, as I said on the last episode about glamours, is that I what I like about my glamour is to be pretty unique. And so if I see a piece everywhere, I sort of feel like, nah, I don't, I don't really want that. Most uh, get high. What about weapon. the Balder sword and Nero? Do you still want that? I, I mean, I've never gotten it. I've run, you know, I, I can't tell you how many dungeons. I got it yesterday, but yeah. I turned it in for points. Yeah. I, I've, <laughs> I've never, I've never seen a drop. So, uh, I, I mean, yeah, that one too. I feel like the dark Knight isoteric weapon is just really bland. I mean, it looks good. It looks fine, but it doesn't scream relic to me. Just like the ninja ones. I'm, I don't know. It's, I glamored the, over the dark Knight one is really subtle because it, like has this very subtle glow running through the middle when it when you unsheath it and it's pretty i don't know it's pretty legit does the dragoon lance to you just look like a crab pincer on the end am i the only <laughs> yeah. one who sees that because that's what i see whenever i look at that stupid ass weapon i pinch yeah exactly i feel like i'm getting ready to like squeeze someone's butt or something crab battle is anyone else really really hate the fact that we have isoteric weapons because now you have to wait even longer to get isoteric glamour gear. i hate that you pronounce it isoteric that's it's, what i hate yeah, it's esoteric esoteric also it's the same as having ironworks weapons yeah ki- kind of no, no, yeah, no 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 that's le- that's legit because you had to spend the whatever points on yeah, and the rowena's the tokens poetics, and literally yeah. every single esoteric point number is the same as esoterics the weapons are the same the body pieces like the same Although amount there was, except you had to get the tombstone yeah there first. was there was a bit of gating which was at first only in what second coil and then they put yeah. it into mm-hmm. into tower crystal yeah. tower yeah, yeah. so and they weren't available as as uh, right off the bat is what these ESO weapons are. Exactly. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Nika, why don't you tell us about the uh, Moogle quest? <laughs> that I've already killed and drowned them all. Um, but now they said that <laughs> I swear to God, those Moogles. Like the psychopath. worst parents on this entire planet. 
um, that they're going to get rid of. I don't know if that means they're going to actually remove the Moogle Quest, but I think they want to change the type of Moogle Quest to different types. So no more of that, like, five Moogles are missing. Please find them all in the tiniest little cracks of the deepest realms that you could never find and kill yourself. Um, it, it was horrible, and I hate it. And so they want to go forward, and they, they want to focus more on having a good story more than just tedious finding shit. And they want to have a variation. For example, something like you have to sneak up to the top of a building in an area and or, and like jump off of the highest building to like win the quest or something. Or like sneak around without being noticed by anybody. Um, self-quests? Yeah, yeah so self-quests. Like, like mini-quest type of quest. Well, okay, I don't count that. It's not the same thing. I'm thinking like stealth, more like MGS style. Like you can't let they an NPC see you. just want to add more variety to it like, than just go yeah, find, or like, find them so, again. Yeah. Now find more. So wait, wait, wait. Are they talking about going back and editing the... No. No, no I think they're saying forward. moving forward, they want to not do the like, this person's lost, go find it. Type of quests. You're, and, and, and we're talking. We're talking about the the Moogle specific, like the the Moogle quests that like they start in the cities and like it, we're not talking about the Heavensward Moogle quests that start in like Mogholm, right? No, I think those are the type of quests we're talking about. Oh, really? About. Yeah. yeah. Because Go sure find your five people. Specified. When I first read it, that's what I was thinking was was the Postman Moogle quest. Yeah, that's what I, I was think, thinking, too. I think too. That those are just all cut scenes. I don't know if there's no, actual... I've never well, actually done any no, of them, so I've I don't know them. if they they're, would be tedious cute. or boring. The story, there's cute little storyline that gives you some story to, like, yes, the, the, story, the, the characters who live there. Do. Yeah, it's mostly cut scenes. Exactly. Um, so I think that's what they're saying is going forward, besides just a good story, they also want there to be variation in what you're doing so you actually feel like you're doing something and I'm, you're actually having fun. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure this is referring to the Mogho Moogle Quest simply because in the last live letter they talked about how overboard they went with the Moogle Quest. Um, so I'm pretty sure, like, literally there's 20 million Moogle Quests where five Moogles get lost and you have to fly to a random part on the map and find them in the most hidden corner and you can't find them because they're like so tiny and hidden underneath things and yeah, but that, I, I don't know but that i, I think no have uh, you done them have all you, your, yeah, you haven't done these have you done them the, the, the this post- fucking moogle plague no, like no, spreads the, the mog home yes quest. i've done every, every heaven's word yes all the heaven's word quests i wanted to see a cloud yes all of them. I did. Th- I, I did them in myself. the course of leveling to sixty. I so, did. So did all I. Of them. I did all of them, and it was the worst experience. It wasn't of my that life. bad. It you was high? horrible. Do you remember them? <laughs> a little bit. You, like, you don't remember them. Was, every single time, I was like, "Okay, I have seven green check marks on my map. There are no more quests. Let me turn them in." Seven turned into twenty-one. God, they were not uh, that bad. I, they were that bad. No, no. they were they that were, bad. They were no, that bad. I think, I think Nika, that you're looking at the Mog Home quests the same way that Juxta was looking at all the ledges in the Dravanian Oh my lines. gosh. Chill out, okay? <laughs> no, yeah, I, no, I think... I, I, yeah, you guys... And it was a lot of, like, there maybe not have been as many as you think, but, like, if you can't find that one little fucking Moogle, it takes ten it like extra 10 minutes. minutes that it, it shouldn't have taken you to do a what? find a search quest. <laughs> Ten minutes to find a Moogle. It, was it did. Oh my god! Like the ones. Okay, the one with that big circle ruin with the multiple floors, and you had to fly up and down and up. And, oh my you had to god! Check every yeah. single fucking pillar, and it ends up there's like a little tiny yeah, the, fucking nook that yeah, goes to the left. Yeah, a tiny little nook in the back that you in, didn't know in, was there. In Race Felger's uh, uh, yeah, yeah. lair. Yeah, 
Yeah, right. I remember, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't that they bad. They were. Ho- I don't know. I feel like okay, I spent well, so guess long what? flying around looking for fucking moogles. And I I'm like, who they were not that let bad. their baby moogles wander away from home <laughs> by themselves and then summons the warrior of light to go find them when it's their fucking parents' job? Like that's not my fucking Shitty job. <laughs> like, so Nika, but all those Nika. quests could be handled wow. just by like take the take the area that the moogles can be found in, divide it into five even areas, and there's probably a moogle in each of them. No, no, it didn't I, work I, that no. way. I think that Nika needs to get good guys. That, that, <laughs> okay, that's hey, hey, hearing. hey! Look, Aniro and Kahlo. I'm not the. Only you guys one are the problem. wrong ones because even Yoshi P says that maybe went overboard. So you know what? Me and Nika are right. No, like, I, the, I, they the were majority anno- of people are have the same exact complaints we have. Oh, they no, I'm, Every, I'm not this saying is pro- this is the problem. This is tarnishing the Moogle <laughs> lineage because everyone hates Moogles now, and Score Enix does not want that. I'm not. I know. I tell you, I fed every single Moogle to the dragons and have no regrets. That's actually true. You know, between Moggle Mog <laughs> and the Mog Home Quest, I do dread anytime I see a Moogle on screen now. I, I look. I, I'm not saying that it wasn't annoying. It was definitely annoying, but it wasn't nearly as bad as people were complaining it about was. i was i was so prepared for it to be absolutely endless and it just i was like oh that was it like by the time yeah. i was at the end of it i was like oh come on this is not that was really not not that bad i don't i don't know i don't know if maybe i just took a long time to do them but i swear every single time i was like i've done all the quests i turn it in and three more pop up every single time like and that went on for hours and hours and hours uh, anyway, so the first major decisions have already been made about Final Fantasy XIV's next expansion. Here's the quote. The team has already fixed what uh, world it's going to be and what the special feature or focus will be. The first task for 4.0 is to draw the storyboard for the next opening scene. You maybe still uh, remember the opening scene of 3.0 with the dragons. I have written the concept for this storyboard a year and a half before launch. Right now, I I have time for the next one and the end of the three point X scenario is already fixed too. And uh, the next expansion is a year and a half away question mark. So uh, that's, I don't know. I think that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, You know, what's really interesting about that opening scene uh, for heaven's word is that isn't the dragon that's featured in that. Like we never actually see that dragon anywhere ever ever again, ever. Yeah. (laughs) I, and it, and it looks sort of like what what race Valger is supposed to look like. It's like suddenly dragon on a bridge, and then let's move past that. I can't remember specifically what he looked like. So it wasn't Vishap. Uh, there is a Vishap shot. Is there is giant. There is a shot of Vishap in there, but there's another dragon that appears in that that's attacking. It looks. I mean, it looks like possibly the entire brood of race Valger. So it might even be something that we see in an echo flashback later on in uh, you know in 3.0. That would not surprise me in the least. Uh, so you know there are a lot of questions surrounding race Valger and uh, you know the remaining sons of. Uh, uh, of um, uh, oh God, why am I Midgard Somer? Midgard Somer, thank you. That uh, that we haven't that we haven't seen or been named uh, just quite yet. So uh, there's there's definitely still some interesting uh, story tidbits that we have to Which is uh, uncover. To, is it safe to assume like Nidhogg's minions and whatnot are going to be this run of like? Well, maybe not because they're already established icons. But like, are we going to see like primal esque battles that are going to be against the other sons of Nidhogg? You know, I I thought about that for a minute. I I actually think that the 
primal fights. I think primals will probably end up shifting to icons and will be worked into the warring triad, whatever that ends up being. Could so be. what would an example of the of an icon be? Are they just going to introduce them from nowhere? Well, Ravana and Bismarck are, right? No. No, those are primals. No, those are primals. They're definitely primals. Oh, okay. Those what, are what's an icon versus a primal? Well, the icons are the 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 three uh the the, the warring triad. Right. And they're they're supposedly older than primals and predate primals and are stronger than what, primals. Was Brahma considered an icon? No. No. Bahamut's a primal. Bahamut's a prim- Bahamut was a dragon and then became a primal. Yeah, after he was a, after uh, he died. An elder primal. So and technically, as we learned from the story, that primals aren't even like real creatures. They're just made up from the wishes and dreams and hopes of people gone bad. Right. They're Tetises. So right. like primals. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically <laughs> they are Tetises brought back and being like gone wrong with all the energy and wishes of people. Yeah, um, that's 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 kind of close. So I feel like so maybe wrong. acons are the actual things monsters that existed once that exist. upon a time back when Eorzea was in like its primordial form or something like that. So. Yeah, like ancient, well, like primals that existed during the Allegan time. We they are the old ones. We don't know all that much about icons. We don't know all that much about the Warring Triad. The most that we know is that uh, the Archbishop went to uh, the you know the uh, Observatorium or whatever that is in in Azis uh, Law and wanted to draw on the power of the Warring Triad to be able to. Uh, do whatever his, you know, whatever his plan was, and we stopped him before he could initiate that. Okay, so and stopping him started to like the barrier, the 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 thing that locks the warring triad. Uh, Star- it started to break down as a result of that. All right, so the Garuda, the Titan, and the Ifrit that we fight, those aren't; those are primals. Those are like the the Tetis ghost. Apparition. Well, and we saw we saw those, but, but we, the Garleans, uh, Van Belsar called those guys icons. So way back when, when uh, Garuda and Ifrit were actually themselves, were those icons then? Someone, could, someone could, in the chat was suggesting that icon is the Garlean word for primal. It could be. Yeah, I mean that could be like the ancient word, and primal is kind of like our modernization of. Well, them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the uh, archbishop also named them as icons as well. So, yeah, so, um, so this year and a half away from the next expansion? Question mark. Yeah. Well, we knew about Heaven's Ward about six months before launch, a little bit more, maybe. Well, we learned about it October at FanFest, and it launched in June. So, but, but we knew we knew that there was a 3.0 that was coming. We yeah. do knew we did know that yeah. there was a 3.0. So I, on that timeline, we're going to be like. What a, about a year from now? We're going to be hearing. We'll be getting I, the big word on it. I would say, yeah, I would say that we we would probably start hearing story stuff out of Square Enix, uh, maybe a year from now. This Episode is my seventy eight of Limit dream. Break Radio. Spoilers <laughs> for the story. I'm hoping at the two year anniversary live stream they announce a fan fest for next year, and then they announce the expansion at that fan because they did announce fan fest at the one year. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, celebration, didn't so they? That's that's my head cannon, and I hope it plays out. All right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Fingers crossed. I know, Nika. I think you got a lot of people's hopes up just by saying that. Well, <laughs> so, not gonna lie. We'll see. You, know, um, you can go straight to Nika with this. Sure. <laughs> yeah, she will field all complaints. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can. You can yell at me. You can say. You can scream that I got your hopes up and tear me down. I'll take it. So I'm the fi- the final the final piece of information from Gamescom. 
that uh, Yoshi P and Square Enix are still negotiating for an Xbox One port of Final Fantasy XIV. That makes sense because you want your game on as many platforms as humanly possible. Uh, and so that would be great. That would add a whole bunch of uh, fresh blood into the community. And I think with the substantial success of Final Fantasy XIV, I think we're at, what, like 5 million subs? That's 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 pacing with WoW at this uh, point. Speaking of which, just lost another 1.5 million subs. Yeah, yeah. Who, whose overall sub has dropped to now like 5, 5.5 million, somewhere around there. Is there wow. a place we can like look up these statistics? Because if we're they're on used par to, with WoW now, that's awesome. There used to be, but I'm not sure. I don't know how. Uh, there was a, a guy by the name of Nick Yee that used to track uh, uh, MMO populations, but I don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I remember. I do. I remember that. Yeah. I have not. I have not looked into his work in a long time, and I have no idea if any of his his work is even current at this point. But yeah, there used to be people who track that sort of stuff. Uh, but I think at this point, all we can go by is what the uh, you know what what the game company tells us. Decides to tell us. Yeah, which uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Blizzard. Blizzard has been down, but of course, at Gamescom, uh, announced their next expansion. So which- they'll probably see an, another surge but it probably, i don't think it'll i don't think it'll be as strong as it has been in years past everyone on my facebook that like actually plays wow is like oh another uh, wow expansion that of won't, course that won't appear in like another two or three years oh well that's true that's true although i am kind of interested in the new class they're actually bringing out demon hunter which should have been in the you know game from the start but like, like diablo's demon hunter <laughs> uh like warcraft 3's demon hunter ah Anyway, so, uh, yeah, that uh, is going to do it for uh, news from out at Gamescom uh, and all of the FF14 news. Of course, we are waiting for the two-year live stream that's going down again Saturday, August 22nd at 11 p.m. on YouTube, Nico Nico, and Twitch. So if you're wondering what the August 23rd episode of LBR is going to be about... It's gonna be a, <laughs> it's gonna be about the the live. Well, ho- hopefully, they will actually. I mean, they're hyping it up. I'm hoping they'll give us a lot of information. But who actually knows? I think we'll pro- we're we're gonna start. This will be the first that we start hearing about 3.1 and what we're gonna get in 3.1. Yeah, that's hopefully true. we're gonna get some indication on what future events are gonna look like as we move deeper into the 3.0. Uh, you know, the 3.0. Uh, expansion and you know I I think that this is literally the only mention of 4.0 that we're going to get until about a year from now everything else from this point out is going to be what's coming up in 3.0 and they just pretty much confirmed that 4.0 is a thing they're working on it now and 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 it's going to the rest is going to be left up to speculation I would not expect to hear anything about 4.0 until Hopefully FanFest. Fan yeah. Hopefully FanFest. Yeah. So um, uh, if uh, Square Enix seems to be a creature of habit, I've noticed, hmm. with hmm. with some hmm. of their update structures. So really? maybe we can count this on... This is one that on, we can hope stays the same update yeah. structure. Yeah. Let's, History repeats itself. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So uh, we're going to, uh, again, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the 3.0 storyline, uh, the spoiler. Spoiler embargo has been officially lifted. Uh, 
we are going to any anything anything in uh, 3.0 uh, that you guys want to talk about. Uh, you can give us a call at uh, 810-515-8715 or send a Skype message to Limit Break Radio. If there's gripes that you have, complaints, uh, stuff that you really liked, uh, arcs, story arcs that you really liked in Heaven's Word, let us know. Uh, sh- you know, share your thoughts, share your feelings, and uh, give us a call here on Limit Break Radio. Uh, so, but let's let's talk about Heaven's Word and the overall story. I liked it. There were parts that I didn't like. There are I have some serious complaints. Uh, just a couple or a lot? Uh, a few. I have a few. I only have one. I've got Let one major I, I, I think I can kind of sum it up in, in a generalized sense it, for all of us. Because I bet any concerns that we have is, is more from a scripting or writing standpoint. And overall, the way that they presented the story was leagues and bounds uh, of an improvement over 2.0. Uh, here, here, here's I agree. There? Here's my, yes, here's my theory. All five of us. Uh, is your biggest complaint with the story... Does it take place in Ulda? Yeah. Oh, huh. <laughs> of course. Of course. Hmm, I wonder. Mm, yeah. You hit the Sultana on the head there. Ah, <laughs> I wish. Ah. Uh, okay, fine. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. Why? Why not? It. It's, it, start, it. It. It is something that happens very early on in the. You know, in the three story progression. I want to say it was maybe among. It was probably the second or third. Uh, You're like level fifty two when it happens. It, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like the second or third detour that you take from Ishgard from doing stuff related to Ishgard. Super quick. It's. I, I mean, it really happens quick, and and uh, the. I, the biggest complaint is of course that the sultana isn't actually dead we spend an entire episode basically going yep she's dead she's definitely dead and laughing off people who said no 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 she's not dead she's not dead this is square enix bringing you the very best of status quo and, and it's not that we don't like the sultana it's just that from a writing standpoint yeah. it would have been a lot bigger of like a, a feelsy like turning point twist if they left her dead it cheapens well, death cheap. it, 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 it trivializes it, it yeah it, it makes it extremely cheap yes which is why 10-2 sucks and FF10 was better because it trivializes the whole game there was a lot of reasons why 10-2 sucks okay but I'm talking from a scripting standpoint it's the same thing when something hits you so hard in the feels we didn't you know you don't see it coming a major character dies it can change the entire like way the entire story plays out and the way that your character pro- like progresses emotionally and for you know for, for right. the rest of the story and then they're just like they're like nope that in this in this world everyone everyone lives yeah no and 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 i totally agree with that and and obviously we drew a lot of comparisons to game of thrones with the end of 2.5 and you know, I and and the more I think about it, I actually think that Game of Thrones also cheapens death because it makes it so common that you can't attach yourself to any characters yeah. there. But yeah. Square Square Enix doesn't do that. I mean, Square Enix makes you really connect with the characters that 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 they write into their stories. And so, you know, when when you make your entire community erupt with, oh my God, no, the feels. Why would you not ride that out, man? It's it's Saz in thirteen all over again. Like, would, like, do you think? Like, I think Orshafant is becoming a well liked character, but I think he's more well liked because he died. Like, no, I, no, yeah, yeah I no, think so. I agree. When beforehand, I was like, oh, is this this guy? Oh, it's cool. It's Orshafant. He's here. Yeah. And then we made fun of him. We death- called him a bro. But when it actually when he died, yeah, it but, cemented him. Then he dies, and your character mm-hmm. starts crying, and you're like, ah, oh, when did they learn to make characters look sad properly? Like, 
I didn't realize my character was that close to Harsh and Font, and I actually had to go back and like look up when we had talked to him before. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, def- def- absolutely. Um, uh, our beneficiary's mom is like heartbroken over it. She's like, "Remember the time he gave us hot chocolate?" <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Oh. You know, like, I don't. Like, we make fun of her for it, and 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 our beneficiary <laughs> is like still broken up about fan crit. Like, if you bring up fan crit at any point, she's just like, "Shut up, stop it." But Dan Cred's yeah. coming back. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he will. And that's, and that's the point. And they, they're all coming back now. I have no faith that any of them are dead anymore. Yeah, that, that's the reason. Is that we? I mean, let's get real. We know that none of the signs are dead. Oh, okay. Like, obviously, if, if Nico like, wants we, us to, guys. We'll get real now. No, I mean, like <laughs> as, as much as it would be like, oh, maybe one of them is that none of them are dead. We know. As, and and the thing is, is that they had so much potential to keep Nanamo dead, and they failed. See, and, I, I see. I, I I sort of I sort of feel like hearts and farts. Yeah, hearts and farts is only really memorable at this point because he died if he had lived there would have been it would have been like oh yeah he's like the new like he's like part of the new scion crew and whatever he falls into the mix but but he 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 suddenly gets rocketed to kurt cobain final (laughs) fantasy 14 status because he died the chat is saying no one cares about moon brita i care about moon brita okay hit me really hard no, I, I, hold on. I was about to bring her up because actually I think that, that, that Moon Brita and Hearts of Hearts sort of fall within the same category, but no one really, okay, yeah, you care about her, but no one remembers her. No one's saying hashtag always you remember Moon Brita, are they? Because what she was, was only in it for two patches. She was a really cool character. She was ephemera who was like really okay. spunky. Ah, and she there was- it is. Yeah, there, there, there it is. is. There it is. is. Okay, okay, Nika, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help you. <laughs> she was all over friggin' Yuriange. She was really funny. She was like the smart, like, hey, I have all this etheric knowledge and shit, and she could have actually been a big player on the table, and they killed her off. I'm actually going to agree. I'm going to agree with Nika. Hold on, she has a point here. That I think that Moonbreeder was a better character than Harchafar. And you say, oh, she's only there for two patches. Okay, Harchafar wasn't actually there much longer. He was, he was like just a- there for patch 3.0, and then when he gave us fucking hot chocolate. L- look, look. I think Moonbreeder deserves to be remembered more, but why isn't she? Moonbreeder was designed to die. Well, uh, yeah, she was she was very clearly a red shirt. She was, you know, <laughs> she was she was introduced. Is that she was such a good character. Okay, all, all right, Nika, Nika, we, we get it. We get it. Rogan and lives matter. We get it. Okay? It's fine. Settle down. It's okay. We it's it, we all remember what's her name? <laughs> Moonbreeder okay. or something. Yeah, something like that. That entire quest line with Matoya and shit wouldn't have had to happen because Moonbreeder has all that knowledge. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, you, you racist for Rogadans. I get it. Did we did we find Nika's trigger? <laughs> Again, yes. No. But it's I'm like master race. <laughs> But they had like uh, another <laughs> okay. thing with Orsifon dying is like I completely forgot that Iceheart bit it too. Oh, yeah, yeah. completely overshadows Iceheart eating it. I, I, I don't yeah, know, man. I, the uh, Iceheart's death touched me, man. That was uh, like, yeah. but you didn't even bring Ice it up until death. after Hearts and Farts. Iceheart has been my girl crush this entire game. I am so. I, hashtag I so, remember was her name. Fart. Yeah, I know. I felt that way more, and I didn't see that coming either. Like everyone was like, "Oh, the vault cutscene, the vault cutscene, the vault cutscene." And there's actually something that Harchafart says prior to uh, Emmerich being arrested that I'm like, "Oh, he's he's dead." He was talking with his father, and he said something about uh, you know a knight's greatest honor is laying down his life for for those you know that 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 like he's closest to or or whatever. And I'm like, "Well, you're great. dead." 
he's dying. Yeah. So I kind of saw it coming when we were running out. I'm like, oh, this is where it's going to happen, isn't it? But the whole ice heart stuff, nobody said anything about that. Like, oh, that awesome cutscene going to into Oz's law. So like suddenly when she comes out of nowhere riding on Ray's Vulgo, I'm like, whoa, what the fuck is going on here? I, My mouth was like a gasp the entire time as I'm watching. I did not and see it coming. She had such a badass like fight scene too. I was yeah. like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what? I did not see it coming, and like the stream, I'm on stream as I'm finishing up the vault, and someone comes onto the stream and she's like, oh, it's this part. And I'm like, what does that mean? What do you, what do you mean it's this part? Hey, I you like, can't just say that. Look, the pro, this is all I'm going to say about moon, moonshine or whatever. Uh, the thing is, <laughs> uh, wh- how many Rogadin main characters are there? And uh, the first time, like, we actually get, like, a scion that's uh, Rogadin gets killed off. That's what Square Enix thinks about uh, Rogadins. Really? You had to derail away from Iceheart just to jab at Nika again? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you? I'm going to ignore that. Uh, well, and, and we've, you know, we, we have the, uh, uh, oh, God, how am I forgetting her name? The, the, the first female Rogadin character, uh, the leader of Limsa. Merlweb is the reason I joined Limsa. Merlweb's a badass. She's a bamf. Okay, have you done the armor request line? The armor request? Okay, there's a part, seriously, spoilers for the armor request line. You have to make armor to see how tough it is. Merlweb literally takes out her gun and shoots both of you to see who's is tougher. Like, that's so fucking badass. Like, who's gonna shoot their own I'm about to feel like a total asshole. Merlweb's a broken and I thought she was Makote. <laughs> what? Whoa! You shouldn't. What? You shouldn't. What? Why would you say that? Hang on, Frico. That's you've got to be joking. First of all, she that's just huge. something. That's just something you keep to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Wow. You don't. You don't let that out. Okay. Second of all, you don't let it out in a room full of fucking microphones <laughs> on a show. <laughs> for for Final like Fantasy that. Why 14. Why would you even think that? What? Wow. What makes that thought go to your mouth and say this is a good idea <laughs> to, okay say to say out loud? Espal, you didn't play 1.0 at all, did you? No. Oh my god. What? No, you know, not even just that. Like, like on a show with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't... As much you, as they make fun of me, you know what? Maybe I should admit... You don't sound... Real, was, a, was a Makote. You don't sound so much like an asshole as you sound like a moron. Yeah, that was a really yeah. poor idea. Yeah, uh, John, don't... Is it just because that she's the, the Hell's Guard and has that nose? Is that the reason why you yeah. think that? That was kind of it. You just you just keep you just keep that shit inside, bro. Uh, can 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 I bring up something really quick? Uh, and actually, people can go back through our archives and find these. Uh, <gasps> they can find me and Nero's reaction to the Harchafart cutscene. Right? This was a Nero's reaction. This is probably one of my favorite things of the entire expansion and us streaming. Everyone's watching with bated breath as he's doing this cutscene. He's just kind of sitting back, chilling in his chair. When Harchafarts get struck with the thing, a Nero's response is, "Ah, oh, snap." Holy shit, totally forgot about him It's all quiet and everything He spits up the blood, his character's mask is removed He's being all like, you know, sad and like crying and stuff And then a Nero Peace out (laughs) And and I forget who it was in in the chat But someone's like, what? I'm over here like spilling my heart and soul onto the ground And all you can say is Peace out, hearts and farts (laughs) Did you see the last episode of Final Encounter Cast? Nero doesn't care when people die 
Uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, he, he cared when, when Iceheart died. That, that, that got to you, didn't it? No, well, okay, but I, some people were saying also, Iceheart did not have a funeral. We don't have a body because she went to the ether. What do you want to bet? She comes back. She comes back. She probably does. <laughs> but here's here's the thing. I don't know that, I don't think it was necessarily her death. Her death was very well presented. The thing that really got me about that cutscene is going back as far as the opening cutscene for 1.0. There's this moment that happens where your character is scooped up by a Garlean airship, like those small airships, and you're taken into the battle in the skies where Midgar Somer appears and uh, defeats the Agrius. So from as early that's it was it was that was the thing that was teased so early on in the development of this game. And I saw that and I went Fucking bullshit. There's no way that an MMO can ever deliver that kind of experience to me. There is no possible way that the narrative quality could be like that, that the graphic quality could be like that, that I could feel that my character is as connected and a part of a battle that is happening like that. No way. No way that that could ever happen in an MMO. And with that cutscene, I ate my fucking words. I ate my words from five years ago. That is one of the most impressive cutscenes I've ever seen presented in an MMO ever. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many screenshots and, of that. And the, re- and the reason is that it really gets you that um, in the story, they mentioned that Iceheart is one of Heidelin's chosen. She had the echo and she's basically you. Right. But she ended up getting, her, she twisted her way about going things and she became corrupted and became a primal and she went about her goal the wrong way. And because of that, she, she became like a fallen warrior of light, more or less. But in the end, with her, her death and her kind of like heroic way of sacrificing herself, she kind of like redeemed her, herself to Heidelin, I think. Maybe a so warrior of If she of does darkness? come back, that would probably be the reason. But um, you know. uh, I, uh, Yeah, uh, Lady Iceheart was actually probably my favorite character of the expansion so far. I mean, okay, Astinian was, was a bad Ass, but he was just he's really stubborn and i really well, like not just that he was one-dimensional like the whole time it's just like ur, ur, i'm a dark knight ur, ur, slash slash wrists even though he's dragoon <laughs> totally a dark knight but whereas like lady iceheart you actually saw go through several different changes like that first cutscene with so race Melkor, when he talks about uh you know like like uh uh uh, Lady Shiva, and and you get to see all those cool murals and stuff, and just like that whole exchange at um, what is it, the the pinnacle or whatever? Yeah, uh, not not the pinnacle, but but yeah, out there in 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 the uh, the zenith, myth. zenith, the zenith at the zenith. Yeah, yeah. those cutscenes, like Yisel falls into deep that, depression too. She like yeah. stays there and like literally falls apart. And I was I felt so bad. And then the I know was like, okay. because her whole face structure has fallen apart in front of her eyes. Just been shattered. Yeah. Like like when was the last time in this game that that we saw that much character change and progression in one moment like that? Great great point. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And 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 so much of that was like it was implied and not it not explicitly drawn out like that. Really great, but they could have like expanded on that even more because yeah, for a while, Lady Iceheart just like, kind of vanishes, and then boop, oh, she's back now for that cutscene, right. which I think helped to really like you know like surprise you and drive that home. But no, I thought I thought like for me, Lady Iceheart gets the MVP for three and she likes Moogles. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, the, but you don't like any- Moogles. But. So you okay. can't you can't connect I with your sale. It's not that I don't like Moogles. It's like I got sick of Moogles. <laughs> you, 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 you want you murdered but, them. 
You want to murder them. But but if you, I'm talking about like character, the, the, the they made the point that in between each quest, if you talk to every character, their dialogue changes. And like, you have to actually go out to out of your way to talk to Ysail every single time to see her love of Moogles grow. And it's yeah, really and she hilarious. doesn't She doesn't like understand it. She's like, why am I feeling this way? They're so, just like, they're they're so, so fluffy. fluffy. I don't understand. Do we have to leave already? Like, it's <laughs> yeah, so yeah. funny. So she was easily the most multifaceted character. I mean, there's there was a lot of bad I, I don't know. I don't know. Estinian was also pretty multifaceted and also went uh, underwent a lot of character development. Okay, all right. G- g- convince me. You, yeah, he changed like into a dragon. That's a pretty just... big ca- character development. But, but he changed I... into a dragon <laughs> because of his same stubbornness. The entire time, he had the same mentality of, I'm going to get my way the way that I want to get it, and it's that stubbornness that drove him to be able to be taken over in the first place. I mean, now, now granted, at the end, he did finally like get to a point where like you know he he sort of accepted Yasail, uh, y- who, who is Lady Iceheart, and they kind of sort of found common ground, but to me, he was still just this dark, broody, emo motherfucker the whole goddamn time. Well, also, we have a caller on the line who also wants to talk about uh, bitching about Estinian. We have Raven Strakar from Cactar on the line. what's up, Raven? Yo, how you guys doing? Good, how are you? Thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. Oh, doing great. I got the Deathbringer. It's antique still, but I actually beat Alexander turned four with my girlfriend uh, earlier this week. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. And uh, I actually love the fight, love the music in both terms, one, two, three, and four, because it felt like I was listening to a lot of Static X and VNV Nation. Yeah, you know, uh, the the when the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh, this is this just this sounds like anything that you would hear played at a goth club." This is the most industrial soundtrack. And then I was like, "Oh, that sort of fits the theme with Alexander being so industrial." It Turn works. It's legit. music is kind of a rehash of the melody of Titan, though. If anyone noticed that, it's like the da 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 da. Yeah, so yeah. It's the same rhythm. The music is cool, but I was like, okay. they, it was like they brought back the Titan chorus line. It was. It has the same sort same of vocals, rhythm. same yeah. sort of like growly sort of thing that's going on there. I have to wonder if Koji Fox did the vocals for that as well. I think he does a lot of the vocals for. Yeah, uh, and then like Leviathan was actually uh, Sokin, wasn't it? I think it was. I think it was. Anyway, so, uh, anyway, Raven, you Raven. wanted to talk about uh, Estinian and bitch about how much of a emo little shit he was. Oh, oh! When I was loving Dragoon, um, in the early part of 2.0. I wanted to kill that fucker so badly, okay? He succumbs to the Nidhogg not just once, but twice, okay? You are a little shit, okay? <laughs> and it's simply because he's stubborn and he won't, like, he can't expand well, his horizons to guys, understand. Guys, one of the things you have to realize, all right, is there must always be a Lich King, a Nidhogg. There must always be a Nidhogg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. and he... He's the one who killed Nidhogg. I mean, that counts for something. He's a badass. He is a badass, yeah. He's and all of us. He's that that he was our kill. He was the best Dark Knight I've ever seen. By the by the <laughs> way <laughs> By the way, by the way, if you want to know a little bit more about Astinian and Imrick's uh history together, uh, there is a new series that's leading up to the two-year anniversary stream called Tales from the Dragon Song War, very similar to the Tales from the Calamity that we had gotten last year with the one-year anniversary. And uh, the first story that they put out is uh, a, a story about Estinian uh, uh, and uh, Imrik and uh, how they end up meeting. It's very interesting. Again, I, I'm, I'm just curious, like Nika, how is it that his stubbornness led him to get 
change. Like it's the only time he actually he, changes is when he finally does let his guard down a little <laughs> I bit. See what you're that's saying, when he gets taken over. When he stops being yeah, an emo brooding motherfucker. That's actually kind of a good. Yeah. That's the moment good he gets point. taken over. But yeah. I think it's kind of because the entire time he's had his one focus, and he's kind of been like, I don't care who I have to step on to get there. This is what I want to do. And his whole purpose is like, I must get revenge. I must kill Nidhogg. And but I mean, you, know, you Nidhogg. carry the one ring to Mount Doom. Then it's yeah, not he easy. Kills Nidhogg and he still doesn't I mean, get taken over. Frodo had to throw Gollum into the lava, or almost get thrown into the lava. He had to get both of the eyes of Nidhogg to corrupt him. That's, I mean, that says okay, that says that, that says, says a lot. A, says a lot about your strength of will. But they had, they actually explained something about it in the cutscene. I can't remember the exact reason now, but why he was more vulnerable than anyone else because was. Because he was consumed by the same hate, and it led him to the dark side. There you go. It's the hatred. It was the hatred and his lust for revenge that had brought him in the same similar mind frame as Nidhogg. Whereas you know, like Ysail wanted to do certain things too. She led that whole rebel legion or whatever, but. Like it was, I don't. It was just something about his attitude that was kind of like, "This is what I'm doing. I don't it care." Made him the perfect host. Yeah, because he he had that one dimensional set for his, his lust for revenge, rather than where it, it where us as the warrior of light or whoever else kind of embraces friendship and embraces the fact that you can't do anything alone and that you need to you know work together well, and be strong and lo- you know whatever. Estinian worked together Estinian, with us, but not uh, like reluctantly though. How many years was he holding on to this dark, evil energy that has been just like whispering, like, kill your family for like, well, I mean, that's true. I don't know what the, because the, every bad thing to your psyche, right? Like it's the Azura Dragoon's job to hold the eye. So I guess it could have been like being exposed to, you know, Mako or I don't know, sin for so long that it just kind of corrupts you. But well, I, I mean, I think I think that the analogy to Lord of the Rings is pretty apt where Frodo, as he continues to carry the ring, is uh, more and more consumed by an obsession with the ring. And, you know, how how Sauron can, uh, you know, t- kind Speak of to him. Yeah, yeah okay, him that's that's a more apt control analogy. his will. Yeah, I, I think I think that's sort of what they were going for in terms of uh, is holding on to the eye of Nidhogg. Um, plus, it's two eyes is too much. Well, plus, well, yeah, but plus, there, you know, someone has to be charged with the uh, the stewardship of that eye. It's a it's a powerful you relic. You can't keep it in one spot. The Azure Dragoon is the one that is designated to do that. It's not only an honor; it's a responsibility that that person has to has to take upon themselves. I That's have a to big say, responsibility. What just brought up in the chat this entire the entire half of the okay when you kill whatever dragon whatever when he gets his armor drenched in blood and broken and disgusting still by the end of the cutscenes his armor is completely bloody red can you imagine how stanky he must have smelled <laughs> like I was the entire rest of the cutscenes every time he like he would go away and he would be in Ishgard for like three cutscenes and come back and still be wearing red you- like, what? Don't know. It's, you don't know what dragon blood smells like. It could smell <laughs> like daffodils, for all you know. I mean, did you think he was more badass for like wearing the blood of the yes, dragon? Yes, absolutely. That was uh, awesome. Like, point out that the ability. Been a point in a cutscene where he mentions something about like like I until he had to fix it because his hole broke on his helmet, but he never did. He's like, I have to make a new armor now, and he never does. Yeah, Astinian mentioned something about like how it, it's a, a symbol now, and he can't wash his hands of it until like the entire deed is done or something like that. That's called honor, Nika. Point out that there is a dragoon ability called Blood of the Dragon, so and Blood for Blood. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, Kala, that's an ability at level thirty-four that gives you more attack. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is Dragoon ability. That was a good yes. one. And good every, time, every time he showed up w- still red, I like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I just felt repulsed. Kind Maybe of. he washed okay. it off and then just dyed his armor red because he's like, hey, that looked kind of fucking badass, actually. I'm going to stick with this. It May- like perfectly lays out so that his entire arm, like if it was blood spattered and you can still see some of the dark purple or whatever underneath, that would be kind of cool. It's but his entire supposed arm to be- was drenched. All right. So a little bit of symbolism is beyond Nika. Understood. Yeah, it's called <laughs> symbolism. It wasn't just me, though. Like every time he showed up, like Stirin and these people in the chat are talking about it. Hazama was saying that like his entire, like, I just can imagine sitting next. No wonder he sailed didn't like him. Smell. <laughs> All right. He killed Nidhogg after you really sailed matter. left, though. Um, I need to get everybody's opinion on something. I know how Juxta feels about it because we've talked about it, okay? But did anyone else feel like they took way too many kills from you as a character? Like, I'll, I'll give the Nidhogg thing to Astinian, right? Even though it still pisses me off. Like, someone, it might have actually been Escalia, was like, That oh, was his waiting. kill from the He's start. That was. Well, guess that what? was How his. How many fucking years has he had to get that kill? Uh, we no, we were, like we, we, were, oh, we were running assistance for that whole thing. There All was right, just, yeah. I know, you're right. That one, I will give to him, even though it did kind of piss me off a little bit. KS but, kill secured. But fucking, all right, hold on. Thornton taking La Habrea from us. <laughs> no, okay. Well, yeah. you know what? Maybe if you were badass enough to actually kill an assing, you could have killed them, but you no, weren't. But we thing. did off the we other had, we had, No, we had the aura site. We had Laha Brea and the chick in front we of us. And we decided, oh, I'm going to take out the chick instead. Come on. I'd aim that thing right at Laha Brea and been like, Fuck you. That was weird that now. we chose it's, not La Habrea. Especially like, possessed Thancred, and we have a real reason to hate him. Yeah, like, I assumed the reason we did the girl was because La Habrea was going to get away again. But then Thornton just shows up and... Like, fuck yeah. off. No, Although, I do mention- feel like that really solidifies his role in the story, because I didn't really... I mean, they were kind of working together, and then it goes to show you that he was really kind of his own party, his own third whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And- th- yeah. So to me, I was kind of like, oh, he's actually gone, you know, he's bigger than that. He's a god now. He can, you know, do whatever he it wants. Was, it was, the, but it was an interesting choice that that it was Thoradin to take down La Habrea. I think that was, that, that, that was a, a, a tad bit disappointing. But whatever. I mean, it a dead, a- a dead Assian's a dead Assian. Fuck it. Mentioning people getting away. Okay. So in that cutscene with Orshafant. The running theme in this whole damn MMO is bad guys' plans are foiled, bad guy runs away, you stand there looking like an asshole while they walk away. The one time you actually like, no, we're going to go get this guy. You run him down, fucking Celsius up there with his lance, stabs uh, Orshafant through it. I, here's what I want. I want in the next the next time there's a, a scene like that where the bad guy's getting ready to just walk away and you're getting ready to stand there. I want your character to like turn around and check to make sure there's not someone standing up on the building with a lance waiting and then be like, oh yeah, there you are. Never mind. I'll just stay here and wait and watch you leave. Okay, well, to be fair, like the knights of the round are so strong that you have to have like a full party to even like contend with them. So if one gets a fucking cheap shot on you, you're going to get, you're going to die. That's what I mean though. But we always just like let the bad guy run away. And the one time we actually run the bad guy down, we lose Orsifon over yeah, it. Yeah. Did you, did you learn your lesson, Escalia? Exactly. That's all, all, all I want is the next time we have to let someone go. I just want some affirmation that there was a guy waiting to kill my best friend <laughs> when I do. But I wonder if there's some kind of symbolism behind us being the warrior of light and never actually killing someone. Someone. Yeah, like, you must you know, always the kind be a of Batman. Symbolism, yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like cough, cough, Dark Knight quest line, or maybe it's just too much animation to do everyone's character models. I don't know, but 
I, I do feel like there's a lot of times where my character's just standing there where I would have just punched someone in the face. But Yeah, but I, again, because Square Enix brought back the Sultana, I really feel like anyone is, anyone who's been, and not just, not just fucking, by the way, the Sultana, but Yashtola, let's, let's unpack that fucking can of worms. Uh, that, I thought that, that because, was fine. There was nothing because wrong bring, with that. But bringing, fucking bringing all of these characters back, like, death means Actually, absolutely nothing. Well, we never even, thought Even for hearts and Farts. I'm like, dude, it, it, he's he's coming back. He's gonna come I, back. I don't know about hearts. Of, I mean, we saw him die. The scions. We our character was off screen when they quote unquote died. Our character held him in our arms as he died. The only you know, reason I was okay with Ishtola is because we kind of saw her casting before she died. Like it kind of hinted that maybe she did oh, do something. I'm really the other ones. I'm they all just kind of died. You know, our complaint when all the Scions, we thought they were gone, and our kind of complaint was we didn't care that much because they didn't build them up as characters, but look what they did with Yashtola. She got a whole new redesign and a huge backstory with Matoya, and now we care about her. So if they do that with every single Scion that comes back, I am really excited. Hold They're going to no, no. do it. They're going to do it. because no, get- Hold on. Yashtola is a special case because she is the poster child of 14. You can't expect that same treatment for everyone because she is in Decidia. Look, she is looking in forward to my Ida storyline or story arc that's no, coming I, up. I, I, no, Dan- Dancred's in Record Keeper too. Yes, okay, I think but he's not in the city. Minfilia obviously will have some kind of story, but I just feel like if they bring back, you know, like Papalimo and Ida, and they have some kind of storyline based on maybe I, I do think they're probably captured somewhere. I don't know, but like it would be a really. I just feel like every character's okay. First of all, Tatsuru becoming a weaver means every character's getting a new outfit, which is good because everyone's outfit was like generic underwear in the in the first. Series. Well, hold on, Yida has like those armor pants. So, yes, uh, what, what is what is Yida's Tataru going to do about that? Yida's pants are. I hope I can teach on- Tataru to be an armor worker. I don't know. I think every character is getting. I mean, Alphanad already got a redesign from her, and so did Ishtola. Every character is going to get Where's one. Mine. Sid, Sid didn't need one. I know. I, Sid got his own duds. They actually hinted that if Tataru ever makes an outfit for the Warrior of Light, not to throw it away. I don't know why they said is, that. Is, that it, is it actually a scion? No. He doesn't, he doesn't need, he doesn't need no, Tataru's help. Him. Is, isn't he, I thought he was... Was he part of the other group? He's the, part of Nora. Yeah, Nora. <laughs> Wait, no, not Nora. What's the... No, what's the one? The brother or the... Crystal Briggs? No, what the fuck is the one the, uh, that was ch- uh, uh, charged with exploring the uh, Crystal Tower? That was Nora. That was Nora, bitch. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. Is that Was that an acronym from 13 as well? <laughs> it sure was. Oh, God. Moms <laughs> are tough. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's, why, that's why I called bullshit on it, because I recognized it <laughs> I from know, that, 13. I know, so did I. I was like, oh, guys, guys, Noah. Noah is what Noah, is. that's it, not Nora. Same thing. <laughs> Pretty close. I got him going. Close. Yeah, okay, Noah. Noah. Thank you. Thank, thank you, by the way. Also, okay, I'm going to pull this theory that after the whole storyline happened, me and a couple people in the Raptors Link show really late at night had a theory. We're talking about wishing people to come back to life, turning them into primal. Someone in the chat was saying maybe Shiva would come back as a horrible primal because people are worshipping her. Um, the freaking Harch and Fawn's family house crest is a unicorn, I believe. What Ixion? primal is a unicorn? Ixion. What if we wished and dreamed hard enough for Harshafon? Whose family would wish and dream hard enough for Harshafon that he would come back as a primal Ixion? We have to fight him. 
Who's gonna see I could see it. Let's get some crystals. Let's try this out. I, I could see so it. Sad. I don't want to fight Archfond as a primal, but I thought it was a really sound theory, and I wish I could remember who it was in the LBR link show that came up with that. If it was you, please okay, remind now me. Okay, see, that's, that's the proper way to bring someone back. If you're going to bring someone back, you have to have like a real reason for doing it, and it has to add to the story or or expand on the character. So if they brought Harchifarts back as a primal and an enemy, and we had to like, you know... Kill like, him all over. Put him down. We had to go up against that and face that and like deal with that repercussions that's fine okay he's a giant when monster you just with bring a hole someone in back just for bringing them back and then it's forgotten for like the rest of the 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 patch now granted we'll probably do more with it later whatever but as of right now yeah like the 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 sultana bring, being brought back completely meaningless not right. really sure the the reason for it. i feel like the reason they did it was because that was less work than trying to figure out why they would let us back into Uldot to begin with uh yeah okay i i i could see that um i also i mean like i think that it might be justifiable if it if it ends up going somewhere if 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 the sultana storyline continues and i mean she's stepping down as the sultana so right entire foundation of no what i what i'm saying is is that if 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 that if her coming back wasn't entirely what it seemed and they brought a bigger twist along with it oh you can count on it i think that would be pretty interesting well that's i don't know i don't think i don't think that they could i don't think that they could i'm not i'm just i don't don't know i has like the whole like uldah in his pocket now because he has he has raubon in his back pocket now because he uh, released him, uh, excused him of all the charges, and he's he got the Sultana. Sultana. He yep. saved the Sultana. He has everyone kind of in his debt. Yeah. Well, so and, did, now, and so, did he take over? Well, who had the stake in uh, Cartano? That was the Talegi, little guy. Tal- no, no, it was the other guy, the, the one that died. Talegi right? Adelegi. Was that his name? No, who yeah. was the other guy? Uh, Besides Lolorito and Talegi. Lolorito. Lolorito's the guy we're talking about right now. Yeah. Telegi's the, the guy that died. Okay, Lolorito there is, you the go. One, yeah. is the one who has everyone in his pocket now. Got it. There we go. So now, now, so, like that, so that's the problem with. But like it was Telegi who had the the Cartano stake. Yeah, that so, was Telegi. I have to, I have to wonder what happened to that claim after he died. Who, who, who did? Really, you have to wonder. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, I think we have a pretty good idea. But the thing is, is that we know that underneath Cartano is where Omega is. Omega is. Okay, and we're gonna go back to Ulda to address the Omega issue. Yes. The problem I have right now is that of the three nations, only Ulda has anything going on. I mean, Gridania, they're just like twiddling their thumbs with all the fucking elemental shit. Well, their leader's too busy going up to Mogholm to help out all yeah, the time. <laughs> and then we have Merle Wib Digglefucks, which was like, <laughs> what the fuck is she doing? She's just sitting in her fucking castle doing dick all. I, I was really, I was really kind of hoping. I was kind of I was really hoping for a little bit more story associated with Seal Rock that would tie into Limsa, but it just it doesn't seem like there's much there's there. Nothing going there. Yeah, see, but Seal Rock came out in a half patch. Maybe in the next patch. We'll but Cartano had storyline go along with it when it came out. It did. Oh yeah, actually, the new summoner quest you go to Cartano to fight things. There. You do. Yeah, it's yes. really cool. Hmm. To unlock yeah, the power of Bahamut. Yep. Oh, well, I guess, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it, I mean, it's yeah, it's like a big player because you're like, oh, Bahamut, here, there's so much ethereal, like you can feel all the primal's energy. We must go there and absorb it. It's really cool. That's the summoner fifty to sixty quest line. Yeah, that's not yeah. Even, that's not even the capstone though. Dude, yeah, that's only, that was level fifty eight. Summoner quest. is so good, dude. Dragoons is bullshit. <laughs> Dragoons is absolute bullshit. You you get you get a apprentice basically who is like, teach me to be awesome, and you're like. 
yeah all right i, I can do that <laughs> and then she like ends up getting uh captured by this uh big dragon named growly i kid you not that is his name and and, and growly's worshipers make her drink dragon blood and so she becomes uh yeah that and she like leaves and decides she's gonna go hunt dragons and you're like see you later Wow. That's, wow. That is Dragoon's storyline. That's the story stupidest line. name I've ever heard. The, the Paladin one's pretty bad, too. Like, the original Paladin guy from the original quest, you, like, think he's dead, and you have this, like, newbie Paladin who you're, like, helping to become a Paladin or something kind of similar. I, you I, find I, you find all this Paladin gear just, like, all laying around, and he puts it on, and then it turns out that, like, the dead... Uh, I almost called them a Galica. The dad Rogadin, who you thought, you know, was dead, really was alive, and this whole time it's all about making the Oath Keeper glow. Because oh, the Oath Keeper used character glow, is supposed to be dead and it doesn't go. And then, then the bullshit of it all is that the, you know us as the Warrior of Light, as like the one true strong Paladin, is the only one currently living who can make the Oath Keeper glow by touching it. But we can't keep it because we're not a Sultana sworn Paladin; we're a free <laughs> Paladin. So you have to give it to um, what's his face, Jenlin, who's the Paladin Quest Giver guy, and you give it to him, and he goes, "I will take care of this. Maybe someday we can make it glow too." And like, fuck, throws it on a pile of other ones. Just give it to me. What Just fucking fuck? you get the title Oath keeper and everything but you don't get to fucking have the oath keeper i'm so pissed <laughs> and like the whole get- time is like oh i led you around making you think i was dead just to make the sword glow and then you don't even get to keep it what a stupid story whereas apparently in the new wow expansion everyone is gonna get like relic, relic weapons actual lore that everyone just gets even though actual characters in lore still have them <laughs> Jeez. wow wow yeah, like, like talons get ashbringer that's, Whatever. That's so hilarious. Talk, yeah, talk, talk, man, talk about uh, really taking the impact out of something special. Hey, you know what? World of Warcraft taking a page out of 14's books. That's uh, <laughs> that counts for something. I'm just mad because I've done the monk scholar summoner quest lines and black mage, and they're all better than paladins. That's because paladins. Uh, I get think one was pretty good. I really like the ninja. You remember that the that that, that, really cool that moment juxta when you're going to save the princess and like you step out on top of that beam and you're just all like cloaked in shadow. Yeah, so good, so good. The monk one, you get a lot of lore about Alamigo and about like its history and where it's going forward. I'd, and it's really, it's no, it's really good and it it really kind of. You know, we're learning so much more about Alamigo. I would Alamigo sucks. No, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't end up there in the next expansion. Everyone knows that. Sucks. That's, where that's where we're. That's definitely where we're going. So it has that's, to be. That's why I have to shit on it right now. I'd like, to, I'd like to request Mikote Homeland. Just bring that back from FF11 days. <laughs> no, go away. Get the fuck out. Go. Nobody likes cats. No, no, come on. No, no. It's important that Mirrorweb see her homeland. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like a lot of the fifty to sixty job quests were eh, kind of lackluster. I, white mage, you get to. Uh, I touch Growly. Uh, white Mage, you touch the taint, feel it up a little bit, make it grow, and then it goes away. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Wow. Go White Mage. You have Solar to heal it to death. You actually get to go and like find out the history of the curse that turned the Tomber- the Lalafels into Tomberries and stuff. I don't know if you knew it. I don't think you have to do all the Scholar Quests to realize that like the Tomberries are Lalafels that were cursed by like Nimeon and uh, like, Void Scent and stuff. So well, you do this job. Oh, wow. That sounds really that. familiar. Let's it, curse potato people. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. And the, then, so you kind of go on this little quest to try so, to figure out like the history of it. So would you say that tonberries are rotten potatoes? No. 
Rotten Popatoes. Rotten Popatoes. So, uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about the climax, the very end here. Uh, that we, fight we, was boss. That fight was awesome. It was a, yeah. I'm the only one disappointed in it. How are you disappointed in it? You are unpleasable. Okay, the entire ninety percent of the fight is a face roll. Then the 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 summon comes out. That's Knights of the Round, which is a really cool throwback. Did you episode. expect the fight to be hard? A hundred percent of the Did fight was a face roll, by the way. Not to be hard. The problem is that Ravana hard mode is part of the storyline quest, and it was harder than the final boss. Did you uh, expect the on. fight to IMO, be hard? IMO, the final boss, to me, was in the ethereal chemical plant. Thornton was more of a victory lap. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. It, that bothers me, because Thornton, they made him out to be this god. He killed La Habrea in front of our face. We fight him, and we steamroll him. Because we're that like, badass. Because I we're like the warrior of fucking light. I, okay, fair enough. But I feel like we should have at least like wiped once or twice. Come like, on, maybe- that's no. I, I think I think I think Nick, what Nika's saying is fair. I, I, I there is it's because they build him up to be such a menacing presence that we steamroll, especially when he's the owner of the Knights of the Round. And we just—that's how strong we've become. Is maybe, that we no, can face no, him. no. Maybe the reason I think no. a lot of people are okay with the fight not being hard at all is because, like, despite it actually not being hard, it always feels like you're about to wipe. Like that whole fight, I was like, "Am I about oh, to die?" No, maybe no. not. I never felt like I was doing anything the, fast enough to live. During the nights of the round, I disagree with that. We've had tanks DC every time <laughs> I've done it, and we still win. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, during nights well, of the round, there's one heal. tank buster that can kill the tank if you don't do a cooldown. But literally, you have two tanks, so who cares? Mm-hmm. Like it's it doesn't it doesn't matter at all. Maybe, and then maybe, and then you're done with nights of the round because of uh, the steps of faith. They didn't want other steps of faith uh, scenario, so they're like, let's let's tone this one down a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. That seems that doesn't that doesn't make sense. I don't know. I came out of that fight just thinking like, well, that was fun. I enjoyed it. I thought it looked good. Like, well, but that's the only thing is that it looked good. I mean, it, you want it, this oh, is the final. Good. This is the final encounter of the story. You want at least some challenge, at least while people are in fucking leveling gear. Make that shit a face roll as you get more gear. As yes. as a lot of aspects of Alex are becoming. I mean, as I we're get, starting I to get as we're starting to get esoteric weapons and esoteric gear and putting those in slots. Look at how easy a lot of this content is becoming. The Alex normal stuff is becoming even more of a joke i guess but go back and look at like like ultima i did that fight one time for the story and it was like all right yeah, cool it's ultima done with now it was underwhelming too but it was like really long it was like three phases yeah but what, yeah. what i mean to say is like i did it one time and that was it so i could get finish up the story this fight i did it one time i'm probably never going to do it again unless i like random into it or something the, the problem, I mean, let's, I let's make it an experience who cares how hard it is They'll release a hard mode of it down the line, and it'll be totally badass, I'm sure. And the thing is, there's just so many mechanics going on in that fight that, you, that you're only going to do it once, like Ascalia said. So if, if there's like, no you do it in the Thornton fight. There's like a ton of mechanics, but they don't matter because they're so weak. Now, if you want those mechanics to actually be threatening and damaging, you'd have to do that fight so many times just so you can know every single mechanic. Yeah, see, I think Nika does have a point, but I also think that it was very deliberate of them to make it so easy, because I think it was supposed to just be a spectacle, and when they do eventually release a hard mode of it, that's going to be a fucking... Well, I exactly. Think, no, I think they're talking about La Habrea in 2.0. I think the Chrysalis was harder the first time you do it, because Chrysalis you have... I mean, still fucking hard. Like, first, I mean, first, I yes, that, they we still, still wipe, wipe it. Like, like not only... Not know what to do. 
Yeah, I mean, the obviously now it is a face roll if you pay attention, but even just having to pop orbs in a certain order to not die, and then you go sucked into the thing, and if you don't kill the tear fast enough, you wipe. Oh, Nabrialis? Yeah, or if it's not Bial, it's not Lever here. Yeah, like the Mutton crystal, chops. which was the final, the final fight for that sequence of cutscenes, was way harder than Thornton. Ignore me. <laughs> and it's not that it was hard; it was just harder. Like I expect for a storyline fight to wipe a couple times for it's as it's the final spectacle that they're building up to be this menacing presence. Wipe a few times before you kill him. No, yes, yeah, I think I think that it was intentional. I, I thought so too. Like I see, I foresee that being a fun, hard mode fight down the line. But oh, like I, that, I foresee it being a fucking bit. Callow, you use the right word, spectacle. That's what it was. I really do sincerely hope that we get a hard mode version of that fight, much yeah. like we got a hard mode version of Ultima. Oh, yeah. oh that would be a be ton of fun hard mode. But from, from the, the the bard, yeah, yeah, I think it's, we will. That's the only way they can do it. A like the song of the Knights yeah. of the Round. Yeah. That's what it'll be called. Yeah, no, that's absolutely a fight worth doing hard mode. Just for the story version of it. They, there's so Never many art assets and like the song and the arena. Like, I'm, they, they plan, shattered they, the screen. They're not going to let that go they, to waste. Yeah, they <laughs> planned for that to have a hard mode. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing they wanted to have. Like all like the mecha- like there's like a bunch of like pillars and like spears that drop down that get like electricity and then suddenly everyone gets paralyzed and stuff. Like yep. there has to be some way around that. I feel like there is, but I just don't know what it is. There's like only done the fight once and it didn't matter. <laughs> I mean, and Jaxley, and you're saying the same thing some people in the chat are saying, that it's showing how strong we are as the Warrior of Light, especially now that we have Hydaelyn's Blessing back. But I feel like if we're that strong, then literally everything to come out in future passages should be, like, literally we should just look at them and they should die if we're that strong. And I just don't think that we should be that strong. Well, there's this really interesting part at the, you know, towards the end of that encounter. Uh, well, it's it's in the final uh, cutscene after you've beaten Thornton, where he looks at you and there's like, you've got this sort of like shadow Dark, uh, look on your face. And it's led to some speculation about like oh, the, yeah. the nature of the warrior screams, of darkness. Who are you? Yeah. Like, Who are you? Yeah. It, it, it's, I forgot about that. I feel like I'm becoming. What do you think a, that? What do you think they're teasing right there? I mean, because it seems like there's a lot of intention there. That was there was, um, you know, that was put there for a reason. What do you think they're trying to convey in that scene? I think that we are becoming a primal. Really? And really? How do you how do you see that happening? Because we are Eorzea's final hope. And we came around right when the Guardians' shit oh, is getting filled. Everyone looks up to us and, and prays oh, to us. And, and now oh everyone gosh. is praying to us. And Juxta now we're just is blowing stronger. my mind right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> and as, as much as this is like a kind of a revelation, we would not be able to keep playing the game if that happened. No, 4.0 is us laying waste to Eorzea when we finally <laughs> go bad. God, what if, holy shit, what if at the end of 3.0, something that we inadvertently like do, like we cause the next calamity? Oh God! I would, Holy I would cry. Shit. That's what they do. We have to, we have to tear us down right before the next okay, expansion. Well, let's, but what if it's okay? The post-credit scene, though, we see an Asian on the moon talking to someone he calls the Warrior of Darkness. It's the guy from the opening cutscene. No, three, but the guy in the opening no, that's scene, uh, that's no. a that's a common theory the, that's happening. That's uh, going around a lot. I don't know that there's no. a ton of evidence to support. The Derplander in the opening cutscene is supposed to be your character. Like you see him running out of Ulda, yeah. like chasing. Like he is your character. He's just the generic canon character. So I. <laughs> think that the final cutscene they just pre-rendered that and that when we get the next patch it will be an alternate version of our own character no but they already did that in the dark knight quest line they're not going to go back and reuse that that narrative device oh i haven't done that if they did it would be super super cheap what 
What exactly do they do in that narrative? So, okay. Yeah, tell me. Yeah. So, so uh, from 30 to 50, you have uh, this guy named Frey, uh, who is uh, kind of like acting like, you know, like all of the other, uh, all of the other okay. job training NPCs and, and showing you sort of the ropes. But at the same time, he's also kind of like making snide remarks about the, the, uh, the whole idea of needing like a trainer for your job. And, <laughs> and so, uh, at the, at the, at the, at the point at 50, he, it, he reveals who he is underneath the mask and he's a, like the darkness version of you and you have to fight him. And so, after that point you end up meeting an Ora Dark Knight who I guess a lot of the NPCs from 50 to 60 for the jobs yeah. that, that they're all raw uh, but you meet you meet that guy and then you know he ends up like referencing uh, Frey a bunch but like there's that's really it like you you beat him and then he's that's it that's, that would be lame to done. do it again for yeah, that but, okay, because if you were a Dark Knight in that in that storyline you'd be like uh, this doesn't apply to me. Well, Can I just go ahead and get some nachos or something? Speaking to you, let me that darkness aura. Voronita saying maybe it's a flash forward, and that that is our character in the future after the darkness takes over us. Ooh, and that we kind of become fallen oh. from warrior of light to warrior of darkness. We are the warrior of darkness. Or I mean, maybe there's some guy the that they found who's who's the warrior of darkness, and Zodiac's like, like, hey, you know, here, here, feel, thinking shit. Now go kill people. Well, I mean, that it is a pretty good, it is a pretty good question to to pose. Like, what happens if the light side of the balance of light and dark gets out of control? What you know, like, pull some Star Wars shit on us. What what you know, what happens in in that case? Like, do you, would we need to become the warrior of darkness to sort of balance out the ledger? Well, like, I, there's so many ways that could go like we're being forced to do it or like we do it on on purpose to try to like you know we need this dark power to balance something or else it will co- like maybe we believe that not having the balance will cause the calamity so we take on the darkness to like try to prevent that but then shit goes wrong like there's so many reasons that that could happen I mean, balance is a common theme in, in things like that it's like right like, like you look jp Oh yeah, and JP. Well, I mean, I was just say like, like you look at something like Star Wars where they talk about, well, we need to bring balance to the Force. I'm like, uh, the Jedi are like all powerful in one, two, and three, and the Sith are not extinct. Like, do you really want to bring balance right now? You guys are kind of on the good end of it. I don't know. I was gonna say like, what like people always talk about balance between light and dark, and like people always say how like the light is so much more than the dark, so you have to balance it. What happens when the light is overbalanced? There's too much light. What would happen? A calamity. But why? I think it would be a calamity from the other end. Be- well, because How? that's that's but that's what the Asians are working towards. Well, that's there. why there's two. There's the umbral eras and the astral eras. It's right. the umbral calamities, and there could easily be an astral calamity. I don't see why not. But what? Like what? Has there? Uh, well, that's a good question. Has there ever been an astral calamity? Like I, I don't know that. I that's- don't. I don't think so. See, but I, I feel I, like. Well, I feel like astral and umbral are just terms that they they gave to the two things because they're they're opposite sides of a coin. So you know the, the, they were they were they were just the 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 calamities, and then there was like times of peace. They just happened to call them astral <laughs> and umbral. I don't think it has anything to necessarily do with there being like you know dark forces at work or or something. Well, I think it's it's, it's, it's nice that we've finally been like they've revealed you know Zodiac and his. You know, he is, he is basically the dark version of Heidelin. It makes sense that he would choose his own champion to for, further his causes, although you right. would have thought it might have been the Asians, but apparently not. There's also not. this theory of, like, you know how they mentioned when we first heard about Asians back in 2.0, they talked about how they kind of live in the realm between, kind of? Yeah. And that it's possible that, like, 
I'm thinking kind of like, you know, the Zelda storylines kind of branch off where like, you know, Ocarina of Time, if Ganon wins or if Ganon loses, it branches into different timelines. And that maybe the Warrior of Darkness is you from a timeline where the Calamity like succeeded and destroyed everything. Oh, and like Abyssia. you weren't able to, yeah, something, you know, Whoa. like that, kind of like that, but it, but not so. Well, someone told me they have to win 10 Mortal Kombats to take over. That's the rule. <laughs> They're at nine though. Oh, they've won nine. They're always at nine. Oh, shit. Okay, now my, back to my question, though, like, obviously, if the dark is overpowering, then a calamity hits because darkness wants to destroy everything all the time because darkness. But what happens when light is overpowering? Stag- like, somebody said it in the chat. Stagnation. Nothing changes. Nothing? Every, yeah, everything, everything just sort of, like, becomes stagnant. Hmm. And then eventually that will cause someone to take up darkness... To, to, to cause change and that causes chaos. Could that be, it's a vicious could, circle. Could that be like the Allegan Empire when they were at their might and they were so glorious and great but everything stagnated and then kind of went to shit? That was, is that the... I don't and know. Then, what are we calling Allegans light? In, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then the Allegans went extinct because of that. Well, no, well, the Allegans went extinct because uh, Zand died and then Aemon brought him back to life and then once they brought him back to life he was so consumed by his time dead that he sought out the cloud of darkness and formed the pack with the pact with the cloud of darkness. But, but that's what I mean. Is that the kind of thing I, that is that the light version of the calamity where, where something shitty happens to just tear it all down? Yeah, something shitty happens that wasn't the cause of darkness. Yeah, because I mean. Of- whatever, and then it causes everything to like spiral down into dark. It's like back and forth, like tug of war. Yeah, because Amon didn't summon Zan back for evil purposes. The the Empire was in trouble, and their great leader he needed to bring him back. Right, so that was obviously done out of out of love or good intention. Right, right. Eh, so yeah, I think point. that we're probably going to do something out of good intentions that's going to backfire fucking horribly on us. Well, I don't. Let's 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 spend a minute talking about the Allegans and their intentions because we find out a lot about the Allegans as we go to Azis Law and uh, you know start to explore uh, all of the things that are are left in Azis Law, including uh, you know including uh, the Fractal Continuum, which is like a museum for the yeah. for the great accomplishments of the Allegans, and they were doing a lot up in Azis Law. There, I mean, they. There was a lot going on there. There was a lot of genetic manipulation. They were doing stuff with the Maricidian dragons, and uh, you know, and, and uh, Tiamat that's that's uh, bound up there. Um, you know, there's there's. Oh, that was so awesome. Remind me though, they sent the Allegans put Azislaw into the sky, right? Like to to preserve it or to like have their own. Like it wasn't in the sky always. No, used- I, no, and and that's I think. You can you can kind of work backwards to be able to figure that out by looking at the bottom of Azis Law in the rock formation. You can see the pil- the the propellers and stuff. And you can yeah you can see the actual machination that that it keeps it up in the and sky so it, it as opposed sense. to as opposed to Sea of Clouds where all of that land is is <laughs> floating is yeah is floating and it's green and what that is I think what that implies is it's floating because of over aspected wind wind crystals uh, yes except for Halgar's crucible. <laughs> yes, yes. And so that, comes back to that makes sense that the <laughs> fractal would be a museum. I mean, can you imagine? Maybe the elegant kind of had a prophecy of their demise or something. So they lifted up, you know, their great accomplishments into the sky to preserve it for years to come. And they threw this museum up there for people to remember it doesn't even have to be a prophecy just like when you see your 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 race going to shit and everything yeah, falling you apart. Just, you're just like, you know what? Museum time. <laughs> maybe it was a theme park. 
And they have like little alligator children going through there and like getting cotton candy and shit. Like, oh, look at the Medusa head. That's cool. Look at Minotaur. He's well, how much, how much more do you think is going to be, uh, you know, that there's going to be done with Oz's law? There's, I mean, there's a lot, like, if you, if you look at, first of all, if you look at the Warring Triad, there's an entrance tunnel for each one of the Warring Triad, which makes me think that we're going to fight each one of them in their own separate confrontation. Yeah, that makes Wait, sense. Okay, take a second and just explain what the Warring Triad is, because I feel like I'm not getting the yeah, whole thing. The Warring Triad. the wa- history behind it? Because well, the war- that, that comes from four, right? No, it comes from six, six. Uh, and they are three elder gods that have been sealed away. Uh, and there's some implication that that is the power source powering all of Azizla. Uh, this, you know, that gigantic structure that we see that this right. is that the, the harnessing of the warring triads power is what uh, is is what it enables the whole thing to run and to flow. Is the Warring Triad in Six what Kefka uses to like blow yes. up half the world? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because, and so, uh, so what we learned through uh, uh, doing Heaven's Wards is that one of the Alagon's big things were were taking primals or acons and trapping them to harness their powers basically yes now uh, you guys mentioned earlier that that you thought that icon might be a garlean word i actually think that it's that elegant i think yeah. it's an elegant word that the garleans adopted that through, the, more through likely, their yeah. through their almost like sycophantic uh research and recreation of uh you know uh, elegant technology they do right. have a boner for elegance they really do they really and yeah. they're not very good at it either like they're not very good at replicating their technology have you seen them try to take over our show they're they're I mean, pretty <laughs> shitty at everything really. but, but that's why a lot of their stuff seems to be kind of like a copy but a bad copy janky yeah 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 and that's why everyone was so confused at first with that stupid ufo that it's not garlean but it's they jerry rigged it with like duct tape. To be fair, to be fair, no one was making that confusion except Scuro. And that was No, it. there there were and people on forums and and, and Nobody yeah. nobody it, said nobody said it was Garlean. Scuro was the only one that said it was I like the, everyone I like else said it was a bunch of Garlean sitting around with some elegant tech like it was like insert rod A into slot B and the other one laughs like with this voice synthesizer. <laughs> I I don't that might that might be actually kind of hilarious if they make it an elegant ship that Garleans are trapped on because they don't know what the fuck they're doing <laughs> we can't get like it to we, move yeah we get in there and there's a whole bunch of garleans and they're like finally somebody else and we're like now die <laughs> no, i mean i like the idea that there's some kind of like royal elegant family yeah no I, or something are you too because you know what those the the twins the elegant twins had to come from somewhere right like right, those, and they were i mean they were clones anyway right the ones oh uh, yeah i yeah. guess i guess you're right well i they, mean it could have been a cloning factory too but th- we don't know where those two where those two elegant twins came from so like they just kind of appear Oh, the one, the, what about, and I don't know. I'm kind it's of, been a while since I've done it's, the. It's hard. I mean, I know that there's also, there are people that are descended from Allegan blood though. Like that Mikote guy, he had like the one eye That's red true. or whatever because he had some Allegan blood left in him. So there okay. are, there must've been some Allegans that got away in order to have like children of some, or continue their bloodline of some sort. I don't think every single Allegan blood is completely extinct. Okay. Okay. Warrior that. of Light is Allegan. Uh, I, you know, and, and let's let's bring this back to the Warring Triad. So you've got the Warring Triad, and the three war, the three in there are what Sephiroth, uh, the <laughs> Goddess, and you say Sephiroth? Are you yeah, serious? Yeah, Poltergeist. He's, he's making fun of the giant wing. No, 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 no. Sephiroth is one of the one of the names for those one in of those fourteen. Bo- no, in six. No. Yeah, it's Poltergeist, Doom, and Goddess. 
Uh, well, I'm pretty sure there was something called Sephiroth. I'm pretty sure one. I let's we're gonna uh, we're on, bust I'm, out I'm, the computer. Not in my translation, okay. Not in my translation. They are named Demon, Fiend, and Goddess from the Final Fantasy Wiki. It says here. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. You're very wrong. Sephiroth Whoa. is a Final Fantasy VII creation. <laughs> it, it's not actually no. If Tales of the Abyss, the little towers of like ethery type things, is called the Sephiroths. That it's it's an actual thing. The what? The in Tales of the Abyss, there's like the pillars of energy and stuff that hold up the islands, and those are called the Sephiroths. It's a real word. It what, is a real word. Oh well, I'm not discounting that. Okay. And so I, I feel like it has been elsewhere in Final Fantasy as well, but well, not in uh, it, it, it says here down down near the bottom of this thing that uh, uh, Sephiroth is a plural noun in Hebrew, uh, are described as the Kabbalah. This is just entomology and Kabbalah, symbolism, yeah. but but yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. Okay, maybe I, I I can't I can't remember where I picked that up. Sephiroth from. also means counting of numbers. So I don't know. Maybe at some point it talked about the Sephiroth of the the okay. Sephiroth three or something. I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. So, so, yeah. yeah. So that's what did what did you say it was? It was goddess, uh, goddess, fiend, fiend, and demon, and demon. Yeah. Okay. So Wait, so have we seen one of them yet? I'm. Confused. I don't believe so. No. I haven't seen any of them. Seen the well, you see, yeah, you see the statues, yeah. and and supposedly that's supposed to be them cast into stone. We don't okay. know. We don't know what exactly yeah. those are, but we, that's that's what the assumption is. But we they only imagine the that they're coming back. Fractal is on the Warring Triad like structure, right? No, no. Uh, that's the ethereal chemical factor. That's right. Yes. Oh. Yeah. The, right. the, the yeah. Fractal the, continuums in uh, south of Ireland. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. right? So the museums. ethereal. Okay, that's right. The ethereal chemical reactor is on the Warring Triad. You can just call it ARF for short. ARF. Arf. And so, and that inside of that was just the genetic crap inside, like yeah, it's a research and, facility. Yeah, well, uh, the well, the the Aether Chemical Research Facility is the one that's underneath the Warring Triad, where we go and uh, and confront, confront King Thoradin. Confront King right. Thoradin, and there is mention in there of the Warring Triad and Thoradin needing the power of the Warring Triad for something for reasons for reasons. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, he now, was, Thoradin is completely dead now, right? Yes, because so the arch he, the archbishop is gone. So, so it was, I mean, it was part of the archbishop's plan that once we'll he be, once he became King Thoradin, that then he was going to use the power of the Warring Triad for reasons. Something we don't know what that is. Powering, yeah, and that whatever he did, whatever he, whatever process he started, is what is starting to break down the barriers that hold back the Warring Triad, which is what makes me think that we are going to eventually be confronting him. That and the fact that there's tunnels leading in, in into like the sort of like the there's a tunnel leading into the Aether Chemical Research Facility. Yeah, uh, for well, each one of those. Well, the only good primal is a dead primal. Let's be honest. Uh, but uh, you know they they did also mention that there are tons of other icons around uh, Eorzea, around the world that are are bound and chained, and that they must never be released. That their power must never be released, and that's that's a, 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 a that seems to be a big point in the Warring Triad story. So, do we know of any other icons icons that? have been specifically named or is it just to try it at this moment uh i don't think that there are any other icons or primals that have been named outside of the warring triad okay uh now th- this dr- just going going kind of back to uh the 1.0 opening cutscene, where again you know it's it's midgar somer he's taking down the agrius and as the agrius crashes into silver tier falls we see a huge explosion of aether and we see the origin of 
of a many of the primals. We see Ifrit. We also see Titan in there as well. And so we can kind of work backwards to say that whatever was being held back in Silver Tear, uh, you know, at Mordona, that that is that the crashing of the Agrius and the unlocking of that Aether is what led to the proliferation of the primals that we've already encountered. So there are and it's and it's been, you know, hinted at that there are other primals, there are other icons as a result of the power of the warring triad. And it makes me wonder if maybe Midgar Somer was an icon or a primal on the level of the warring triad and that if if we if we end up facing and defeating the warring triad, will that end up leading to other primals being unlocked in other parts of the world? Possible. I always picture like saw Midgar Somer on like the level of Hydaelyn. Midgar. Well, he, well, I, he kind of is. I mean, he yeah. he has the abilities to suppress your Hydaelyn's blessing yes. in order to like hide you and make you you know not what you were. He has his own version of the blessing, and he actually like knew Hydaelyn. Didn't they talk about how they yes. were yeah, like they talk, kind they of did, like yes. they were like friends but enemies at the same time? And, and also so, they're frenemies. And also keep in mind that Midgar Somer did not originate on this planet. That he came to this planet with his six his six eggs to to hatch here. So. You know, it, yeah, I think he is kind of the level a diff- of a god. He's a different thing altogether, and that makes me wonder about the nature of some of these, uh, you know, these these new tier of gods okay. or icons or primals or whatever you want to call them. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned that that when Megar Sword destroyed the Agrius and that crashed into Crystal Tear Lake, that seven eggs. Sorry, yeah, the, the 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 origin of of the primals like Titan, Ifrit, and and Shiva. Well, what if they were trapped in a similar way that the Warring Triad is, but they were trapped underneath Silver Tear Lake? So the literally the crashing into it is what set them free, not necessarily the defeat of Midgar Swarmer. Uh, well, yeah, that's. I think that has been speculated too. That, well, because we know that uh, you know that that Mordona was a a sacred place from people from even you know like it was a huge concentration of aether underneath that land and and that's why the garleans were coming after it that's what made it special land that they were you know that they were trying to exploit or protect we don't really know what the true intentions of the garleans were they could have been trying to establish something so that you know it wouldn't get unlocked it wouldn't get unlocked yeah we don't we don't really truly know so before you know- Quick callback to to our whole our, our our little discussion about you know we as the warriors of light and could that end up being a bad thing? The Garleans are all about trapping primals so that they they can't be reincarnated. And what do we do? We go around unlocking all of them just so that we can kill them so that they can come back. <laughs> I, don't know, like, I don't know. Up- th- I don't know. I think I uh, think you know for the most part, beastmen have been responsible for primals and summoning them and and summoning them yes and and behind them they're being influenced and spurred on by assians but the primals that are being summoned are not the actual primal like they're pretty much saying because of the ether and the wishes of the people you can create primals out of nothing like every primal we've fought has been an iteration i'm pretty sure that that's what a primal is but midgar somer was something different midgar something midgar somer was something other than a primal yeah i mean midgard somer is still the same Midgard Stormer that he was I'm sure of it like right. it's not a, a reiteration of him it right. is him right um, and he can do whatever the fuck he wants like he can make himself a mini minion to sit on your shoulder and live inside of your body and lock all of your chakras or whatever it feels like or he can turn into a mount that you can ride right you know like 
I mean, he can do whatever the hell he wants because he's Midgard Stormer, just like Heidelin can do whatever the fuck she wants to. And I feel like that's that's kind of, he just has a physical iteration, whereas Heidelin is like a voice. Final boss of uh, 4.0 is Heidelin. So it does, it does make you wonder, it does make you wonder about the nature of the warring triad. Yes. And, and what exactly are they and how did the Allegans trap them? Were there no, uh, present day primals before the fall of Silvertier? Uh, no, I don't think there were. So I don't know though. I, I, so like my thought is whatever was under Silvertier, like, these primals these ghosts like these tetuses like upon uh, getting released that's when they came out and then like if i'm not mistaken they were like little like like little dots or whatever and then those dots manifest into the ifrit and the and the the garuda the beast right? had probably always been praying to their primals, right. but it wasn't until they were released from the bottom of Silvatier Lake that they actually started to be reincarnated. So I think at some ah. point in the past, right, back when, when Eorzea was, was just like primordial, you know, that there wasn't like grand companies and like civilizations and stuff, that some iteration of what Ifrit was roamed the earth. Yes. That's what I, that's my some, speculation. Yeah, and at ah. some point, just like the Alagons trapped um Bahamut in the fucking Dalamud or just how they trapped the warring triad when their essence is trapped they can't be summoned but once they're set free by us to kill now they can be reincarnated again well you think I don't know it, it could it be conceivable that the Allegans have created stores of 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 locked away primals at various points in the world and one just happened to be underneath silver tier and yeah. sort of sort of like when you know when the asshole in Ghostbusters comes and shuts everything down and you know you think she shuts down the power grid yeah uh, <laughs> you know like like that's what the Agrius crash into silver tier did it got deep enough and blew the blew a hole in that containment field and let free let all, free all the ghost primal tetuses some of the primals <laughs> that's a clearly not all of them but that's the thing like these my theory is that these primals these tetus ghosts don't have a physical form until like they see that the amulja are praying to ifrit so they like latch onto that prayer and then that ghost becomes the ifrit just like how right, that right. ghost became shiva for you right b- building on that juxta you'd have to think that like you said we know the Asians have a hand in it perhaps once the Asians see these primals released they're the ones who are at that point they're like hey here's how you summon your god well, yeah, because that's what—that's sort of what they do. They sort of uh, set up the return of the primals and and tell the beastmen that you know they're going to be summoning something that's beneficial for them. So yeah, it is. It is totally something that the Asians have sort of like they've stacked the cards in their favor. Uh, I have so in that, like, in that way. The Asians have proven to be, by the way, just every bit as bad as the Garleans. Just like I've loved to watch how their reactions of you have changed over time. Like you kill your first <laughs> primal, and they're like. Wow, yeah. mm-hmm. that was something. Not bad. And you kill your next primal, like she's getting pretty good at this. And you like the first time you kill that Asian, like, well, she was lucky she had Heidelin helping her. And then you kill the next Asian, and finally, after you know Heaven's War, they're finally like, 
All right, she's a problem. Like, I think we can finally go ahead and say that the warrior of light is an issue, and we need to deal with this. So there's there's something else about the uh, the Agrius crash, Mordona, and 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 this sort of attaches itself to uh, Oz's law as well. But if you notice in the 1.0 cutscene, uh, the main character, the Derplander, uh, he when when he takes the Lev quest, gets transported into uh, this area in where he fights a Marlboro, and it's not. Not a very, it's not an area that we recognize immediately, but upon further inspection, it is actually Mordona. Like, that is Mordona before the fall of the Agrius, and what we see is Mordona get transformed from a, uh, a, a, a land with uh, a lot of lakes, a lot of waterfalls, a lot of trees, and it gets transformed into this big, you know, this big puddle with, with Agrius and Midgar Somer at the center. And all of these aether corruption, yeah, aether corruptions, these huge uh, uh, spikes of aether that are coming out of the ground. And we saw those even going back as far as 1.0. That was the first time that we experienced a lot of aether coming out of the ground and 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 kind of making these huge rock formations. And the uh, you know the thing that i'm wondering is that when you go and you look at the island that tiamat is on and and you take a look at that island there is also a great deal of crystallized structures that appear on there as well and if you look at the wounds of uh of tiamat and and you look like where the spears are going in it looks like she's bleeding that that kind of aether stuff and and i it made me kind of shift my thinking about mordona and and those aether uh i I don't know what you would call them like those 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 aether uh things that are coming out of the ground was that as a result of the explosion and the release of aether underneath uh, underneath Mordona, or was that as a result of the death of Midgar Somer? And is that indicative of when a, when one of these elder uh, elder uh, dragons when they die? Because that was that was the other one, uh, the other thing that we see in. Um, in the lair of the the third dragon, there her, her name is kind of escaping me at the moment. Um, Ratatasker. Rat- uh, Ratatasker was the one who was uh, killed, and yes, uh, they took their eyes to get power to kill Nidal. Yeah, in 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 the uh, the sort of like structure that is dedicated to Ratatasker, we see a lot of aether kind of aether spikes in there remember that's where you had to go and you had to find the fucking moogles that nika was complaining about earlier on in the episode there's a ton of like aether spikes in there so so do you think the aether spikes are from the great dragons from from maybe the death of a great dragon yes what about like northern thanaland then where in northern than there's all kinds of aether spikes uh, uh, those are from um coil yeah, and Bahamut was Bahamut was a dragon. Bahamut was one of those elder dragons, and it would kind of explain why those over aspected the red ones, uh, you know, would would stick around upon his death. Those red, those red over aspected so, so, so areas. So you think when an elder dragon dies, that its its life energy or life force, when dispersed, literally affects the land? 
I, it's something. I, I think that those those aether spikes are connected to dragons and dying somehow. So those aether spikes are like dried up blood from a great worm? Something like that, yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's it sort of, like, if you think about it, it really sort of changes the nature of the topography of Mordona and, and sort of, like, makes it a little bit more mysterious. It's, tr- it's true. Like, when you think about all the places where you see a lot of that, yeah. that uh, hardened aether, it is places where there was a major battle involving a primal. Oh, uh, not, just, not just a primal, but, like, a, specifically a dragon. Right. Specifically a dragon. Yeah. Oh, uh, was there any of these Aether Spikes, like, in 1.0, aside from Mordona? No. Not even in, like, Northern or anywhere else? I don't, I don't remember Eastern? I don't remember any in Corthus. It's a good theory. Uh, it's it's, I, I it's was, interesting. I was about to say, maybe, the, like, before you, I, you made that connection, I was thinking, like, the Aether Spikes were from the Aether of the Land, and then whenever it that's comes, what, comes out, that's like Aether scab. That's what I thought, too. But now that we've seen the death of Bahamut, even as a primal, be able to create these, uh, you know, these huge crystalline structures. And I don't know, it, maybe the fact that he was a primal when he died is what makes them red or orange or whatever. I don't know. Like, there's these huge crystalline structures that happen every time an elder dragon dies. And at first, I like you, I thought it had something to do with the land and, and something being unlocked underneath the soil. But I'm starting to rethink that now, or at least question that thinking, because well, it does. It, you see it. It's the only place in Aziz Law that you see any of those crystalline structures, and they are directly. I, I swear to you, go and look at Tiamat. They are coming. They're they're coming out of her mouth, dude. They're coming out of her mouth. They're coming out yeah. of her wounds. The, 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 the chat points something out. In regards to the one in Northern Thalon, or the ones from Bahamut, aren't those pieces of Dalamud? Like, 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 like those are the actual coils that were around Bahamut, weren't they? The Allegan structures inside them, yes, but the over-aspected ether, we don't really know. Gotcha, I yeah. see, yeah. We don't really know for sure. Uh, we don't know that, that whether that came from Dalamud. We don't know whether that right, came from Bahamut. The stuff from Dalamud would have been the giant, actual-looking structures that you see, like in Cartano uh, and in the in the PvP areas. But the actual crystal itself wouldn't have came from the moon. Yeah, uh, but but I mean, we've got we've got the death of Midgar Somer that creates a whole bunch of crystalline structures in Mordona. We've got uh, the the wounding and binding of Tiamat that leaves a bunch of crystalline structures up in Aziz La, and we've got uh, the Radataskar uh, uh, memorial that exists out in uh, out in. Uh, uh, near Zenith. Wouldn't we see a lot more of this crystalline stuff in uh, the Ishgard areas? Because haven't like a bunch great of... Great dragon. Great, yeah, great, great dragon. Uh, yeah. Haven't, haven't they killed a bunch of great dragons in no, Ishgard? There's, there's only, only seven, seven of them. There's only seven of them. Yeah, Vishap Midgard doesn't count. This are the great dragons. Vishap wasn't, Vishap wasn't a great dragon. He was not one of the no. sons of Midgar Somer. Yeah. The only he ones, was, the only ones one we of, know are, are Racefalgar, Nidog, Ratatasker. And Bahamut, is Bahamut. And Bahamut. Those are the only four. We there's and still three. Oh, and and guys, so we guys, got two more to go. Uh, yeah, there's two that are completely unnamed. FF Torian just made a good point. If Midgar Sormer isn't from our our planet, if they came like you know from the stars, when they die. They're not a part of the planet. Their their being, their blood, their life force wouldn't return. It wouldn't return to Hydaelyn. Yeah. Holy shit! So it just sticks around. 
Wow! And that's why there's all those frozen dragons and... That's a really interesting theory. That's... Go FF Torian! Fuck way yeah! To, way to go! That's, I mean, that's a really compelling theory right there. Yeah! Ooh, I'm getting tingles on my back now. Yeah, how? It's like, like a every time I'm flying around it, that um, good. in Kurthus West, and I just find another dragon chained up and frozen in a pit I hadn't noticed before, it like, it does, it gives me chills. I'm like, what the fuck? There's just this chained dead well, dragon. There's, there's questions whether or not that dragon is actually Vishap, the one that's chained up in West, West there's Than. There's no way. Vishap there's a giant. couple different frozen corpses just chilling around, though. It has, it has the exact same model as Vishap, except for some fins on the back legs, and it's smaller. Those are the only two differences. Um, so, yeah. that I, I, Corrupted Aether, Blood of Space dragons space dragons <laughs> uh yeah well so uh let's let's talk about uh predictions for for 4.0 uh right. before we unfortunately get into predictions i am unfortunately gonna have to cut out because of stupid ass work boo i know i boo! know i know um i can tell you this though that I pretty much share a lot of sentiment with Juxta on 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 the predictions for the future and the Alamigo stuff. So, I, wait, no, you know, no, I'm gonna give Nika permission to speak <laughs> for me in relation to <laughs> to going forward. So, so yeah, and uh, I will see you guys soon, though. They'll see me next episode. Bye. 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 Get the, Bye. Fuck, get the fuck out. Bye. Get out. Boo. Uh, so, uh, Nika, let's. Uh, uh, you seem to have uh, a fair amount of predictions for where we're going in 4.0, but um, also having some additional context for uh, information and lore surrounding Alamigo, which is where everyone sort of thinks that we're going to be going. So, why don't we talk about uh, some of these predictions for 4.0? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think everyone at this point is pretty much convinced that we're going to end up in Alamigo. Um, mostly, it's just the only other area that we've talked about that we haven't been to. Um, Char- Charlayan was a big one if you actually followed the history of some of the Scions, but we've been there now. So I think it uh, makes sense that Alamigo would be our next place that we would move to. Um, and it, it just kind of helps that every... The storyline has kind of centered around Alamigo. Like, the biggest... Um, the conflict between Ralvon and Ilber that everyone's been talking about is literally just because of Alamigo. Right. Like, the, the fight over it and who, you know, you are, you left, you're a traitor, whatever, fighting, they wanna, they wanna reclaim it. Because what, like, the, 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 inhabiting Alamigo right now is the Garlands. Right. And yes. As we're moving, I mean, now the Thordan is gone. Um, they, they really are only enemies right now are the Asians and the Garlands. Right. And so as the Garlands are becoming more prominent in the story, we're probably going to go to war with them at some point. And I mean, we've been to Charlian. The reason the Charlians left Charlian was because uh, the Garlands had taken over Alamigo, forced them out, and they're like, oh, fuck, we're next. So they peaced out and they abandoned. And so Garlians still inhabit Alamigo to this day. Right. And so it, it makes sense with Raubon becoming one of the main characters in the storyline. I mean, he's, he's, he's like front and center right now, more than the other... Uh, leaders of the other nations and we're most likely going to end up in that direction to to fight them out that is i mean it makes obvious progression uh, i think maybe the rest of the three point x story would be kind of whatever the Asians have planned with the warrior of darkness and we'll kind of play that out and then once that plays out we'll all we'll have left to fight is the garlands and nidhogg 
Well, I think that that'll, that'll play out. That'll, that'll get wrapped up. Yeah, that will that'll, that'll, before 4.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, well, we, that'll that I I think I think everyone's pretty prepared that that's going to be the culmination of of the 3.0 storyline. Right but, now, with Alamigo, what's the topography of Alamigo? Is it like sandy desert, like no, fan line? What I, is it? I I, I want to say that it's um like a bit more forested because as uh, it, you got to remember the map, uh, you move through. Uh, you move through Gridania and through the west part, uh, or I'm sorry, the east part of the Shroud to start moving towards Alamigo, right? Okay. So I, I, I want to say that it's a bit more coastal, not necessarily sandy or like dunesy, okay. but I, I'm thinking more like tropical. Okay. Because... I'll, we've seen I'll, all we, I know. We don't, we don't know for sure. I mean, all we have is Little Alamigo, which they just kind of took their little place in uh, Thanaland, but yeah. that's not. That's that, nothing. That's just a camp, right? But the we do have some uh, concept art that goes back as far as 2.0. Uh, it was in the uh, Art of Eorzea book, and uh, so I think that it, when you look at that design, I think that that actually says it's a bit more. Okay. Co- like just coastal, not necessarily. Yeah, and, and Alamigo is a very like spiritual place. They have like you know a big temple where everyone practiced being monks and they learned you know opening their chakra. It was very like peaceful. It wasn't what you would imagine to be like you know. I feel like in Thanalan and the desert areas, they seem kind of more like I don't know. I wouldn't call them peaceful. They're kind of the rugged, rugged you know, like, like smuggler. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. yeah it's the not. Bagabons. It's not like that at all. It's very well. They are refugees. I mean, I like, know. Yeah. So. And, yeah, at this point. So the original Alamigo is is kind of the opposite of that. Right. Okay. But well, there's, there's there's very few places left that we know about to go to. It's it's Alamigo and the Garlean homeland. Yeah. And if we go to the Garlean homeland well, first, there's, there's, that would ruin the idea of ever going to Alamigo. There's the there is the uh, whatever continent is to the south that um, the Maricidian dragons and the Makote came from. And then we've also got Doma as well. So yeah, we haven't been to Doma. They have I can't, true. I can't. I actually, I, I should know where Doma is, but I can't. I honestly it, can't remember. It's in the west? north, isn't it? Or is it west? I can't remember. I, I honestly can't remember. So we there. I mean, there is more of the world to open up to to open up and and explore. Um, Storyline wise, doing anything that doesn't involve th- Garleans makes well, no sense. I well, guess. I think I think it wouldn't make much sense to have this entire continent and to have portions of it that are inaccessible. I think that we need to finish fleshing out the continent. Yeah. We've right. gone all the way to the northwest. We've just got to f- finish fleshing out the yeah, northeastern. Almost to the east. They all have Japanese names. That helps. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> it's definitely to the east. Okay, east. wait. So. Which way is the Garleans? Is that east too? It's northeast from uh, from the the Zafatol Mountains uh, and where uh, Alamigo is. So it'd be like farther north, and then I think it continues up western. But we don't, don't even Alamigo, we don't want is the border colony. I think I, Doma must be like the far east, and Garlemald is like. Is east. Doma on our continent? No, 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 okay. it's not. That, that's why they're so like, that's why Yugiri was so like, oh, people on this continent don't know about right. the ORL. And we okay. actually, we don't actually know what the landmass that Garlemald inhabits even looks like. We don't know how yeah. much land there is to that north. Is Garlemald on our continent too or no? There, It seems like there's a land bridge. I mean, the, the next oh. time, the next time you look up 
it, it seems like like there's like maybe a, a, like a, a a skinnier part that connects an isthmus, an isthmus, yes, <laughs> uh, that that connects the two uh, land masses. But that it, once you get into the Garlemald territory, that it expands out and is much bigger. Okay. So, but we don't know what that landmass looks like. We don't. We don't really know what the geography beyond the current continent of Eorzea looks like. We, it's probably it's, cold. It's, it's up to speculation. Gotcha. So, uh, anything else uh, related to uh, Alamigo that we might be able to glean for uh, for four in terms of the lore, Nika? Um, I, th- I mean, I saw people saying the monk quests were stupid. I actually really liked the monk quest. You hear a lot of the history of Alamigo and why it fell in the first place. Yeah, there's that there's that one NPC that even just from from one to fifty gives you a lot of exposition on Alamigo and yeah. and other parts of the realm. And there's it's basically that there was like two factions. There was like the light the light one and the dark one who would open their chakras in different ways and and they would you know they trained in the monk ways but the king the last king of Alamigo was realizing that the the fist of Ralgar which was the monk like they were like worshipping the god of destruction which is Ralgar and they were like a cult and they were getting really strong and the king is like no fuck that no one's allowed to rival my power killed them all like literally killed all the monks and then started killing all the people of power in Alamigo. And that's why when Garlemald came to invade, there was literally no one to stand up to them. Yeah. Cause it wasn't even like Garlemald had to come in and do a whole lot of like, there wasn't even a war. They just came in and were like, nope, because so we're here now. The so. king had eliminated all the monks and yeah. all of the people who were in power in Alamigo completely. And that's why, um, Vietergeld, who's the monk NBC is so interesting because they talked about how, uh, uh, uh Almigan prince, was uh, trained in the ways of the monk and that Vidergelt was like the sole survivor of the slaughter of the monks and so most likely it hasn't actually said but he's most likely the prince of Alamigo and I think that you know how we have like Estinian who's kind of like the, yes. the head guy for, for 3.0 I yeah. think Vidergelt will be the, the front runner for 4.0 as he kind of comes out and says actually I'm the prince and I'm going to reclaim Alamigo or something like that uh, okay. Okay. He loves melee that. DPS. That's, that's who, legit. who is this guy he's the, the monk guy he's the, the monk, monk- see the one yeah. you get the quest okay. from mm-hmm. yeah. that really boring guy he, he's the only like <laughs> he's the only true monk left in existence because he's the only one who survived the slaughter by the king and he escaped to Eorzea really the and, monk he, Jedi. and okay. he trains you you are the only other true monk other than him okay so so Alamegans are Targaryens wait so hold on so monks are worshipping the god of destruction the, uh, originally a, of like, of a faction of, of them a were. faction of them and then oh. in the new monk in the new monk cutscenes there's like two other monks that show up with this other monk guy who they're from like the the dark side and they're like we can only open our chakra when the dark and light fight but then of course as the warrior of light you figure out that there's a way to open your chakra without killing each other <laughs> and so you kind of have to you kind of pay, you're the only monk by the end who has opened all your chakras so you kind of pave the way i don't know to like reestablish oh, the monks that's actually kind of cool yeah yeah so like you work i feel like you and Vitergeld work to reestablish the monks and reestablish whatever and then go reclaim alamigo and put it back in place or whatever i think that that's a pretty good working theory for uh what the what the 4.0 quest line oh, I, could see, I mean because good actually, theories you're gonna get a year and a half out yeah i mean because oh. i think it's fairly obvious he's the prince but it could also be like the little mini twist like i am the prince blah, 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 let me reclaim my throne is it the little first little twist into the new expansion i think i'm spartacus cool. <laughs> So we have the Dragoon expansion. Next is the Monk expansion. Confirmed. Essie loves melee DPS. 
Yeah. Well, when you, when it's this is Ninja this is sort of 5.0. I don't know. This is kind of this is kind of the problem when you attach the origin of a job or a class to a city state, as opposed to with what FF11 did, where it attached races to city states. That way, you you know your jobs could be you know distributed in all different kinds of places like norg and like all of these off off you know kind of like off, off filter yeah like off map you know I mean, like off the you have path. path blue and corsair yeah 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 but i but when you when you kind of like intrinsically attach a job like dragoon to ishgard you end up you know anytime you add a city state or you add a place of origin it's like yeah oh it's x expansion yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i see that i definitely see that ninja is gonna be the doma's gonna be the ninja expansion oh wait <laughs> what no, I'm willing to bet that, no i bet though that doma also has samurai i probably yeah I, yeah so we'll go to alamigo next we'll see something else along the lines of monk and then what, what, 5.0 when we go to doma we'll get samurai what jobs could they add with alamigo that would oh. be that would be thematically like appropriate. No, I don't know. Geomancer, Geomancer. yeah, that's one. No vomit. No, no. no. Uh, I'm say, uh, like, you said thematically appropriate. Thematically appropriate. Dancer. dancer? I mean, maybe, maybe dancer. 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 You could see dancer. Um, what would they add? Because they're they said they're probably only going to add one job. So would it be that? a DPS? I don't think they, I don't. I no, don't know where they. Where, they, where did they say okay. that? Okay. Well, they implied it because they said taking on three jobs for expansion was way more than they ex- expected. So uh, that, that tells me that they're not going to do three jobs again. Or they'll I just start they working on it earlier. Yeah. Because now they know how long it takes. Chat, mm. Chat's lighting up with Rune Fencer. Oh, uh, let's let's get. It's some, basically just Seekers of a Duelin. Let's just know, be I straight up about Mage, this. If they did Blue Mage a little bit differently, like how the they're all about unlocking their chakra and like you know the inner whatever, you could do something like that with Blue Mage. Lion. Lion, you learn the abilities rather than having to kill enemies. Mystic Knight. Lion MX in the chat makes a real good point. Red Mage C Ilbert. Yeah. I mean, he's from Alamigo. He did uh he did cast what he looks could, like an end spell on his blade. Uh, they could do a red mage um uh rune knight uh correlator uh, like combo. Combo, yeah, yeah. Like they did with uh fucking like putting Corsair and uh, and Astrologian together, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just combining their mechanics, yeah, you know? like yeah, they that always would do. Be really cool. Red Mage, new DPS, maybe could be. I just, I or think a I, tank. I, so many oh, people thank, want, yeah. so many people want Red Mage. Yoshi P has dropped Red, the you know, dropped like that. He would love to see Red Mage. You know, like they have to do it right though. Like Red Mage can't devolve to what it was in Eleven. Like, uh, it's I hard think not to have one of your staple six jobs. A magic yeah. melee, like you do damage with the sword, but it's magical damage. Yeah. All right. That's that's going to wrap it up for our big spoilery story discussion. Thank you guys for uh, hanging out in the chat and uh, and for taking part in this uh, very interesting discussion. Uh, this one kind of got away from us, man. Uh, <laughs> this uh, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with how much time we were able to burn uh, just kind of chatting about the story. And what's really impressive, I have to hand it to you guys as a crew uh, coming into the show. I was a little bit concerned for myself that I had had too much space between the end of the story and having this discussion. And uh, you guys stepped in and brought in a lot of really great points 
and were able to remember so many cool things about the expansion story and this was a really great discussion so thank you guys no, thank you uh, you you were actually a fountain of lore that i was able to rely on during this so yeah, you, you know you know a lot more that I, I like the gaps that i didn't know you were also able to fill that in so. yes it, let juxta drink from your fountain it was <laughs> raising uh i think your dicks are good <laughs> uh i uh, yeah i i um, I, I know that I have a bit of a reputation as uh, like a cutscene skipper or a flavor text skipper, uh, but I actually I I I'm very interested in the lore. You um, study, I think, lore more than any of us. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, what what really interests me is not is maybe not necessarily the direct narrative lore, but but just I, stuff about Hangar's crucible. It's the in, well, <laughs> no, it's the indirect and, and implied stuff about the world and the history of the world that actually really gets my attention and and is really interesting. And there's Stuff that we didn't even touch on, like the Ixel being a creation of the uh, Allegans. Yep. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff in other areas like Sea of Clouds and the Vanu Vanu. We could probably do another hour and a half. We really Easy. could. We really could. But we got to read a couple of these emails before we take off here. Oh, and, we have, emails. and we have a shitload of emails. So um, let's. Uh, 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 oh, and of course, the guy who pre-read all of the emails and and got them in order for all. <laughs> Us, uh, left. has left Done. the show so uh who wants to take this uh this first email here i'll this, do it this one says callow read on it oh does it we'll skip that it one. probably makes fun of me at some point oh <laughs> uh, god there's a lot of emails there do you we, want me to read the first one yeah read the first one okay. okay it says hi lbr i thought i would send an email regarding some of the things from the last few episodes I know that even though you don't talk often about every topic in the game, but there are loads of things to do in 14. It seems to me that most people have recently been complaining about the lack of content not do do not most of the content. Uh, what I mean by that is things such as uh, non-PVE endgame content. Uh, the other episode you were talking about there being a lack of things to do at endgame, but you are wrong. Uh, crafting and gathering require... Oh my god, no. Uh, you have no idea. It's horrible now. Uh, oh. Crafting and gathering currently may require so much dedication, it is an, on its own endgame. And there's also PvP, gill making gold saucer things, sightseeing logs, career being a career hunter, uh, leveling alts, making money, minion and mount farming, glamour, and so much more. Uh, there is a plen- uh, there's plenty of for people to do in this game and if you do not like some of the content in this game then like yoshi p has said quote play another game till the next patch quote uh not complain to uh complain about it to whoever you can right now 14 is still in its infancy and is finding out what works and what doesn't and what seems to come on. work for a large amount of people is a variety of content. Yeah, okay a game that's been out since 20 fucking 10 is still in its infancy I, you can't count that don't count one you have to count it since realm reborn no no one no 1.0 counts as development time for this game it uh, absolutely does but it, counts it was more time it was a public team. it was a public beta test basically but honest uh, honestly I, I don't i don't Except that this game is still in its infancy. It's been out since 2010. You can't say that. Now, I don't count that because it wasn't the same development team. And honestly, a lot of people that play now, its biggest player base, didn't play 1.0. 
the things that are going to work for the current players might not have worked for the 1.0 players. A lot of the gameplay from 1.0 does not exist. The lore still does, so you get, I can concede that, but a lot of the stuff of 1.0 doesn't, is it's, not relevant. That's, that's not, that, no, that's not necessarily true. A lot of the mechanics, a lot of the mechanics, no, a lot of the mechanics from boss fights were different in 1.0, but the foundations for them existed in 1.0. It, 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 it totally did. Towards the end of the 1.0 development cycle, like 1.23, the jobs were starting to take shape. The enemy encounters were starting to take shape. The dungeons were starting to take shape. So you can't say that nothing carried over. We had three dungeons that carried over, and those were almost exactly as, as they appeared in 1.0. Right down to the boss mechanics. So, I, I, no, it's been out since 2010. You can't say that this game is in its fucking infancy. No, okay. Then uh, yeah, Carlotta said it's a toddler. I think that's fair. <laughs> well, I mean, no. Even even beyond 1.0, even count it or don't. We're still after our first expansion now. Yeah, like the calling the game, days of calling this game in infancy are done. You yeah, you could yeah. you could say that in like two two point one two point two. Can't say, I I don't I do not accept that. I just don't. But. I mean, this is why people always get on us for talking about 11, but when I look about the first expansion from 11, like, I don't call it Zealart because it was out when we started, but, like, the next expansion, it, it was very linear to a point until we got stuff like the, uh, whatever the freaking Dynamis for C was called. can't even remember. Limbus. Now. Limbus, thank you. <laughs> but until we got that stuff, it wasn't... It was very linear with the same crap. So I think... No, no, no. I, I, I mean, I agree. And, it, it, you know, like, it will take fleshing out all of 3.0. And they have a lot of opportunities to be able... To, they have... They have they've set the slate pretty well now the question is can they can they deviate enough from the uh structure that they put in place throughout of all all of 2.0 can they get out of their comfort zone enough to be able to make something new and incredible and i hope so but sorry the people the person who sent the email is talking about i mean we were talking about end game content specifically what to do if you want to be an end game raider the things you're talking about like gold saucer sightseeing log getting minions and mounts that that's great but that takes that's something you can log in and do and log out it's not it's not the kind of content we were talking yeah i i i just i sort of i i really feel like this email sort of obscures the point that we were trying to make we weren't saying there's nothing to do right and but also like you brought up leveling alts as a point i feel like you shouldn't have to find more to do by doing the same content exactly yes thank you thank you i agree (laughs) i i completely agree with that anyway continue uh, the large amount of people doing treasure maps, hunts, crafting, and gathering is such more than the 30% of raiders to non-raiders ratio, which is why the 30% of the game is not raids. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, I really enjoy the shows. I, you know, I, and I, But again, I think that people do hunts out of necessity to upgrade their gear, and then once those upgrades are done, they, don't, they check out a hunt. No one yeah. does A-ranks even now. You like, know, it, it, and hunts, hunts keep going through a cycle where people, you know, it gets bad because it, it's, it's because necessary it's in gear. It's the ge- only way to progress. It's, the, it's necessary in gear progression. People bitch about it, and then after three weeks, it's fine. Nobody, then it fades away. It fades like, away. Even now, and then, I was on at like, I want to say 1 a.m., and I was standing there there for a hunt we managed to get six of us on this a rank hunt and it was so difficult with just six people because it was doing this big like aoe that did so much damage and there was one healer among all six of us and it was it was i was i was the only one left alive as paladin killed the last one percent that's how bad no one's doing them (laughs) so it's like you can't really be a career hunter like they say when there's there's no one doing them 
So, so uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Escalia. You could take the next one, but just to kind of put an end cap on that, I, I. I, I think we're talking about two different things, emailer. I think that uh, that 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 you're there is stuff to do. Yeah, but it's not like the engaging stuff that we kind of it's expect as endgame. And it's not and it's not what the endgame community would consider uh, satisfying endgame content. Even if we don't consider it satisfying or not, even if we're doing it or completing or not, it's the endgame. It's the endgame community that. Uh, you, you know that has been your uh, in in a lot of ways your most dedicated fan base because they're the ones sitting around and and putting together strategies and sharing them and putting them out into the community Making and helping content. yeah and and helping other people clear stuff like that you know like th- that's that's a very active it may not be the biggest part of your subscriber base but it's probably the most enthusiastic part mm-hmm. of your ins- uh, your subscriber base and and the ones who play the most really and, uh, yeah exactly Exactly, and or do want you, to play the most. Do you really want to alienate those people? Because it's it, it it has been shown time and time again that if that end of the community is not properly supported, they will go find something else to do, or else there would still be ten million people playing WoW. Uh, all right. Just wanted to start by saying I listen to your show every week. Your show pulls me back into the game when I'm busy with life or playing other games. See Arkham Knight, Dragon Age, and The Witcher as the most recent culprits. I do listen to a few other FF14 podcasts while I work, because podcasts are a big part of keeping me entertained while I work. I love hearing people discuss this game. I've subbed and played for a good year and a half now, but yours is the most fun and annoying podcast on FF14. I'll take it. I will. I'll, I, I am... I, am so, I like it. I know you've done a lot of work on the website, but I'm going to need you to go ahead and change the banner to read the most fun fun and annoying podcast okay thank you you know the nice part i I have to say the nice part about this new website is that doing something like that is very easy oh that's good yeah jesus anero calm down on story mode alexander which i haven't even unlocked by the way i'm a casual player who has never had a static and is curious how much do y'all play on a daily weekly slash monthly basis I play as much as I can, quote, get away with on a semi-regular basis, but it seems like I'm always behind the majority of players. Granted, I guess if you have uh, if you have a podcast about FF14, there's added pressure to be up to date. That is true. <laughs> yes. Unless you're Callow and don't have blood for blood. <laughs> <laughs> or you're a Scalia and you leave for three months. But I have a little interest in being a uh, world first. This is my first MMO after trying FF11 for about six months when it first came out and got freaked out about how much of a time suck it was, but I was poorer then. I finally got to 60 today, which was super fun, and I enjoyed the credit roll, and the song was so great. Now that feels like a Final Fantasy game... Or, sorry, now that feels like a Final Fantasy game ending. Put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, sorry. Also, I play on PS4, and the hot bar setup and execution is rough. It takes a lot of extra time to get accommodated when you have to work in new 50 to 60 moves since you only got 16 moves on one hot bar, and have to switch back and forth a lot. Ah, I'll say, he's like, this guy has to be playing Dragoon, and he sure is. <laughs> yep. I've played Dragoon since I started, and I don't really have an alt or a crafter that I care to spend time on. Dude, like, get in touch with me. I'll help you with your hot bar. My time is valuable with two kids and running a business, but man, do I love me some FF, and I've had a great time playing. The social gaming experience, raid anxiety, and all adds a lot of excitement to the game for me. Even though it may be too easy sometimes, or you may end up playing with douchebags or trolls, it all adds to the excitement and randomness of playing an MMO for me. There's a lot of nice people out there, too. 
First time, long time. Maxwell Knightsmith, Mateus Server, current FC Exodus. Uh, why get at you later? Why not just explain the hot bar now for everyone, for all the dragoons that play on PS4 or really, with a controller? Do you really, you really want, want to hear? Want to go over dragoon hot bar mechanics. On you want the to show? hear Ascalia say, "All right, so ability you, number one, do it on this one." Ability no, number two. no. But what, what did what did you? I know that you were struggling to switch yes. from uh, controller to keyboard, right. and you tried for a little bit. Right. Because of this very issue, yes, and ended up going back. What did you do to so, figure? What What was the overall thing that you did? The big that, thing that I discovered when I switched over to keyboard yes. was being able to is having all the extra um, hot bar macros, the the ten along the or the twelve, whatever it is, along in a one vertical line, right, horizontal line. And what I realized is I could keep those even while using controller. So I started putting all my off-global cooldowns on those so that I could see their cooldown timers. Because the issue is when you're playing with controller, you have to macro your off-global cooldowns into your regular moves. So you like it's just like the macro is use regular move. Uh, wait a set, wait half a second off global cooldown. But because you do that, you can't see what the cooldown le- is left on that move coming back up. Ooh, you so by using a hot that. bar, That's a clever idea. It, oh my god, it's Nika. It will change your life. It's so much easier now. Hold, hold, hold on, hold yeah. on. You macro in an ability and then an off global cooldown ability on the same macro. Yeah, <gasps> yeah the only people, way to do it. People you're do terrible. that. Terrible. It's, it's the only it's, way. It's, you cannot do it. You have way. horrible DPS. <laughs> I mean, I can I can admit that I often forget to use my buffs on Monk because it's on my second hotbar. You know, that's, I, I don't know their cooldowns. That's. A, I mean, I, I think that that's actually a fair point. That if you're a player that doesn't utilize your off global cooldowns as soon as they're ready or as soon as they're up, that that may be a pretty good technique for you're, you to use to use them more often yeah, yeah no definitely. ever since like finding out that i could like the reason i wasn't doing it was because i would never know when my uh global cooldowns would be back or off global cooldowns would be back up so i was missing abilities because of that now that i can see them on the bar and know when they're getting ready to come back up there's nothing to stop me from putting every off global cooldown move i have on my uh, other moves and i, I my that, dps has gone way so, up since doing okay. that do you just make it like really small and stick it in the corner so you can just kind of see no, it it's, or, like, it's like you know you've got the two uh columns of like you know four 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 and four down at the bottom when you play on controller yeah yeah i just literally have a hot bar uh, right above it that has my all my uh-huh. off global cooldowns on it that and that's a good idea and i also i have to try to mess around with this but isn't there also another hot bar that if you push both l2 and r2 at the same time i'll bring up a third hot bar if you're playing ps2 yes does it not work on PC? Uh, no, no, no. Like if you if you're using a PS2 controller, just PS2. I, use an, I think I use an Xbox controller. I don't know if you, it works you, for me. Uh, wait, no, PS3? it should still work. Yeah, it should for, still work. Yeah. As it is right now, that each hotbar you have to switch between them. But I'm pretty sure that there's a way that you can push both buttons at the same time and it will bring up an extra one. I'll I think that, that's. That. I'm pretty sure that. that that's a setting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so I, I heard about people doing that on PS2 wireless controllers, but I hadn't heard about people doing it for Xbox. You you mean PS3 or PS4? Right. You keep saying two. I use PS2 controller. Because the PS the damn controller hasn't changed since PS2. No, the PS3 buttons, the um, the R2 and L2 are deeper, and so like if I'm trying to switch really quick between my hotbars, I have to push farther, and it always screws me up. No, so I, that, that, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I actually I think that the what was it, the DualShock Three was probably the yeah. best. My best advice is just to play with a keyboard and mouse, and yeah. you have them all right there, no matter what. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Uh, so uh, thank you very much for that email, and there's some uh, some tips about using uh, your hotbar a little bit more effectively when playing with a controller. Our next 
next email comes to us from uh, Savio Pettis of the uh, Baumung server. Hi, guys. I love this season better than season one due to the relaxed restrictions on language. Well, fucking thank you. I've, st- I've started at the beginning of this iteration of the podcast, and I'm laughing my fucking ass off. And there, you can't say that on the air. Yeah. I, I have whoa, a- whoa, whoa, with the language. You- I have a question for you guys. I saw on the FFXI Wikipedia article uh, that it's going to go offline next year. I had a thought. Uh, I had a thought. It hurt. Uh, His thought. It hurt him. It, the thought hurt him. I had a thought. Sometimes. It hurt. Yeah, I think the, the yeah. The actual thought. It, it can hurt Okay, sometimes. I think I get what you mean. I can vouch for it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> FF11 would actually make a pretty good single-player game if they tweaked it right. Something like the Dot .hat games. You basically have a whole LS of companion characters to choose from, and you all play You play all the storylines. Uh, it's perfect sandbox game for everyone, uh, and everyone loves sandbox games. Thoughts? Uh, I was talking about this on my stream the other night. This, they are making a one-player one. Yeah. Well, yeah, the most one but i don't but know no, that like that's effectively that's what they're doing with the game now with the with the trust initiatives you can basically yes. form a party of npcs to play with you that's effectively what they're trying to do to the game right now and i do believe yes that there will be a one player version of ff11 because i don't think they will ever allow one of their numbered series titles to be unplayable i don't know this has been a theory that's been going around for so long and i just don't see it happening man you think they would let one of their main series titles become unplayable Yes. No. I, I don't think so. I mean, when they're losing money on it, yeah. 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 When it's it, like, when it's costing, it's still on a server, regardless if yeah. it's one player and you can play it with NPCs. They're still upkeeping the server. So once it's to a point where they're losing money to keep it open, why would they? <sighs> I know. I know. It's a sad thought, Escali, and you can't stand the thought of that game being no. not a thing in this God. world. But, but it's. But I think that's going to happen, man. The it's mobile just, one is going to fill that gap, Escali. It's supposed to be yeah. a single player in the same world. Like it's not the same sure. game. But it's going to be in in uh, Vanadil. It's going to have the same lore. And so I think that that will fill your FF11 gap when the servers do I'm, die. I'm not even saying that. I just think, like, I feel like SE would not let one of their main titles become unplayable. They would be like, no, they don't want to get to a point where they're going to say, well, there's 15 Final Fantasy games, but you can only play 13 of them or 14 of them. Like, no, really? I, no, I, I think. I see what you're saying, but. I, that I just, like I, I feel like they will find some way to release it as a one player game. I don't think so. I don't. I don't see it outside of the mobile version. I don't see it happening. Maybe they'll. Maybe the mobile version will be what they call it. But yes, I, there will be some version of it. I hope not. I hope not because that. I think that mobile version is going to be a disappointment. So do I. Unfortunately. Excuse me. There is a postscript. That means P.S. By the way, very important. Oh. Oh. Uh, Post salute. They. They said uh, love drunks to position. So. Oh, thank you. There you go. Uh, well, we'll skip this next email because Kahlo has uh, said that he wants to read it. So, uh, Nika, why don't you take this next email from our good friend Vivi? Uh, yes. Um, it says, uh, Vivi, which is also a Felian Wormlord on our server, Sarkanis. Yes, yes. He says, Tunnel Vision is a big deal with me, especially since I main Paladin. For a while, some of the extreme primal battles made me very anxious to try. Ramu and Titan especially, I still haven't given turn 9 a shot. In regards to uh, live party chat using Skype, for example, I find myself less anxious doing it with my free company or link shell than I would with a random group. Thanks for taking time to read it, Aphelion Wormlord. All right. Thank you very much for that email, Vivi. Uh, In response to our last episode of yes, Anxiety. Yes. Uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, that, uh, again, that email or that show got a, a, a great deal of response. 
uh, from you guys. And uh, and oh, oh, the other thing is, is that if you head on over to our brand new website over at LimitBreakRadio.com, you can leave comments on episodes now. So you don't you don't have to be relegated to just uh, responding through Facebook or, or through Twitter or you iTunes. Can, yeah. You, you know, a lot of people a lot of people really ask, uh, uh, you know, if, if they come from the old version of Limit Break Radio from the 11 version of Limit Break Radio, one of the things we get asked a lot is to bring the forums back. No, no, no. It, that's it's never going to happen. It was totally unmanageable for us as an organization to have forums it took up 50% of our time, I think. I mean, more of our time got devoted to moderating and administ- administering those forums than it got put to production sometimes. Yeah. And that, that that was a serious problem. But the thing is, is that we do want to have an, an, an insular community at LimitBreakRadio.com. And we think that having a comment section on our posts, on our blog posts, as well as our episode posts, that that will get somewhere close to uh the the uh community that has sprung up around limit break radio and and gets kind of close to uh you know what the forums were for the 11 version of limit break radio so we want to encourage people to leave feedback on uh, on our website limitbreakradio.com in the comment section of these episodes let us know what you think of this episode if you have additional comments for uh the topic say you're listening on the podcast and you have things that you want to add limitbreakradio.com comment section is the place to do those and we'll keep an eye on those comments and we'll read some of them on the air just like we do with the emails and of course if you want to send an email to limit break radio the email address is hosts at limitbreakradio.com we have been getting tons of emails from you guys we can't thank you enough the emails are always so interesting and and engaging and uh, we want to encourage you guys to send more but the increase in emails being sent means that we can't read as many of them as we want to on the show so if you don't hear your email please don't get discouraged we're going to try to you know we'll, we'll go back and revisit old emails sometimes if we think that they're still relevant so uh if you want if you have something that you want to and we read them all we absolutely read them all even if we don't read them on the show we read all of the emails so if there's something that you want to share with the lbr crew hosts at limitbreakradio.com is uh, the place to get that done which if you hear one of the points in your emails brought up in a conversation on the show (laughs) wonder where that came from and and emails are 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 just absolute fertile ground for us because that's where we were able to pull the rate anxiety conversation Mm -hmm. from uh you know a lot of our conversations have been directly influenced by you your emails so we want to encourage you to keep sending those again hosts at limitbreakradio.com all right let's read two more of these and then get out of here because we are running long today <laughs> uh, are we yes are yes. we going on three hours yes we are yep. we're, we're pushing three hours so uh this uh this next email uh says hello greetings from tonberry i've been listening to your podcast for quite some time now it's so it is so enjoyable it is nice to have your podcast running on in the background while I'm doing the quote-unquote boring things in this game like gathering, farming, uh, uh, esoterics, etc. Keep up the good work. By the way, I am currently working on clearing A3 Savage. If you need Oof. my help or opinion about Savage, please let me know. I don't uh, have their name. Yeah, uh, thank you, emailer. We will keep that in mind if uh, you know if we, if we want to bring in an expert. Let's say that Nika can't get the goddamn job done and we need to, <laughs> we need to hire an outside contractor to come in and 
be our end game expert for the day. We'll keep you in mind. Thank hey, you. I did well, Chris Savage morning. A1, by the way. Did you? <laughs> Update. I did. There so. it is. Good. Well, I'm glad job. we're more entertaining than crafting. A little bit late, but I'm getting there. So, hey, I hear that golf club. <laughs> <laughs> Can I pick the last email? No, I want to. Can I? I have a good one. It's about Nika. We'll do two more. We'll do two. We'll do two more. Let's okay. do two more. Okay, go ahead. Juxta. Oh, I'm first? Yeah. Hi, LBR folks. Oh, wait, let me see where this is from first. This is from Saracel Twilight Sia of Ultros. And uh, they write, uh, now don't get me wrong, I love Nika to death, but I kind of have to call her out on her comments about difficulty. She spoke a lot of words, but she didn't say a whole lot. Alex Savage has some stiff DPS checks, but that isn't the difficulty she wants. It has hard-hitting tank busters, but that isn't the difficulty she wants. Most of the attacks AoE and create extra burden on the healers, but that isn't the difficulty she wants. These are all things that make gear that gear makes easier, so they don't count as legitimate legitimate difficulty. No, they don't count as. I don't think that they can count as mechanics. Hard mechanics. Yeah, hardline mechanics. Anything that re- like what I'm talking about. Oh, we'll keep going in the email. But I was referring to things that need skill, not gear. Yeah, she let's, let's keep bombs. going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going and see. She brings up the mechanics of T9 as being the right kind of difficulty, but Ascalia rightly points out that it's only hard if you don't know what to do. I think I think that it's interesting because in the end, an experience check and a gear check are both a form of ga- of time gating. Yes, that's true. I I agree with that. I don't see how they are significantly different. If you don't have the gear, you can spend the time to farm uh, esoterics to get the gear you need. If you don't have the experience or knowledge, you can spend the time trying to figure out what figure it out the hard way or wait for someone else to figure it out and post a guide. So it seems to me that her ideal form of, quote, difficulty is one where mechanics are difficult to understand and execute, but if done flawlessly, you mitigate all the other concerns. Maybe something with uh, like turn four without the enrage. In any case, I don't think that she's really uh, clearly defined what she means by difficulty. Personally, I think that uh, that's really boring from a form of difficulty. I mean, white mage, and my ideal form of difficulty is one that... Uh, uh, one of the forms that she abhors. I like the situations where there's so much damage from s- so many sources that even at my best healing output, I'm still losing ground. I like the stress of having to spam big heals with only 20% of my MP left, and Shroud still has 30 seconds of cooldown left. Thanks for reading. Uh, Saracil, Twilight Sia of Altros, and their uh, link shell is Chaotic Neutral D20. Okay, uh, I, I can actually clarify this in like one sentence. All right. My, my clarification is that it cannot be a rote memorization team jump roping um, raid. It needs to have variation. Like, me and Surin were actually talking about this recently, about how like, even in A2, you could go two different paths to decide what you wanted to lock on the boss. You know, like having different variety and like, even in T1, where like different platforms would light up, it would, you know, whatever. That's why I liked Ra- uh, Ravana a, lo- a little bit more, because there was a little bit more of random to it, although it was still like, this move, then this move, then this move, then this move. Like, most MMOs with real difficult challenges are because you don't know what move the boss is going to use next and you have to respond to that move accordingly rather than memorizing it and knowing it ahead of time. Well, hold on. That was seven and, sentences. Okay. <laughs> I, I expanded on my one sentence. Uh, isn't that, doesn't uh, the oppressor have that mechanic when they shoot up in the air and then come down? 
not really. It's the, you have, you dodge it the exact same way. You just move to a different side of the screen. It's well, like I mean, I mean the entire like you know that they're going to jump and they're going to come down and you know where to look for it. And there's depending on where they jump, you move to a certain side of the screen. You memorize that. Well, like, don't you that, memorize where you're supposed to stand in the uh, coil one snakes fight? Well, yeah, okay. That was just an example of a step in the right direction. I'm talking about, like, even in Coil 1, you know, at, like, 60%, they're going to split into two, and then you're going to play. I mean, it's literally every single fight in this game is you memorize it, and then you can beat it. Like, right. it needs to be something like, oh, when it, you know, that's why, like, in 11, again, when the, then, a monster you know, would get enough TP, it would just use a big move. You you're didn't asking know when for RNG in a fight, which is what everyone complains yeah, about. Yeah, I was just going to say that, that the, thing, the thing is, is that anytime Square Enix puts any kind of RNG element into a fight, people complain about it to no end. I said I wanted RNG in this game, and I got torn apart the for thing, it. I feel like it, it, it really separates the players who just spent the time and got gear and the players who are skilled at the game. Oh my God! Where were you a year ago when we had this conversation? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because the team. I mean, and also a year ago, we haven't, we didn't have the experience of all the raids that we have now. Like, and I get that is why T seven was so hard, and that's why I liked T seven. Um, is that it, it? It you couldn't memorize all of it, and now that we've had a whole year, maybe back then I didn't feel this way. But after doing Coil and you know all the raids that we've done in the last year, I feel like it's a lot of. That's all it is. My vindication comes like 18 months later. Well, Sweet. I, here's here's the thing. And, and I've I, I've actually been thinking about this myself is, you know, we we talked last episode about, um, you know, which uh, which roles might feel raid anxiety the most. And one of the things that I had said is that early on in the development cycle, when a raid first gets released, that DPS feel that anxiety way more than a tank or a healer because you need absolute 100 percent great flawless dps rotations that uh you know that that you don't that you can start to flub and that you can start to uh you know that that you can start to um not have to do as razor line perfectly to get the same dps output and so therefore your dps skill check gets less and less and less with the greater threshold of skills on your on your armor so and and i and i think that that is the thing that is a little bit disappointing because that that isn't skill that's literally gearing past the challenge and some of that is okay some of you know some elements of a fight you know that's okay but to to have that be the main difference between success and failure i i don't i don't know that that is the the best way I'm i'm not saying that like out of the gate we should be able to clear like turn four or whatever savage but i just it has to be to a point where like the most skilled players are still wiping to the dps check simply because they're like two percent shy because of their gear i mean and that's that in the long run yeah you shouldn't have enough gear for the final rate at the beginning but i just feel like isn't that what we have right now though i mean uh asylum cleared elysium Elysium, sorry elysium cleared a3 savage just like they had like a millisecond before that uh, last big hit would have one shot him yeah and then they just barely did it with just enough gear. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's going to get easier and easier because the because de- they're going to have more gear. Right. But it's also going to be easier. Like I feel like by the time my group even gets to A3, it's going to be way easier than it was for Elysium because we have the gear now that they didn't. And I kind of want to have that same challenge. I don't know. Well, well if you wanted that challenge, you got to get good at this challenge. I mean, I do know that. I mean, I haven't done A3 Savage yet, and I do know that the mechanics are pretty insane. But And if you really want that challenge, then you can just take off your gear. I mean, put on oh, the... Oh, come on. I'm, I'm just saying it. 
if she okay, really wants fair. that, that challenge, okay, then she can wear argument. that gear. You can get that experience. Yes. All right. Last All right. email. Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, actually, let's 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 toss. Oh, I want to. I want to hang, hang on. Oh, let's. Okay. Let, I want to. I want to toss actually a couple of more emails on the pile for two sure. re, for two reasons here. Uh, one reason is because we just have so many emails to get through. Yeah, and so this, many good ones. Yeah, uh, really, really good ones. And the second reason is that uh, Mr. Happy just hosted us for like 450 viewers, and so uh, thank you very much, Mr. Happy, for the host and uh, for the support for Limit Break Radio. Uh, uh, thank you guys, uh, all of you uh, who came along with Mr. Happy. Uh, thank you for checking out the show, for hanging out with us, and uh, you know, and and for for continuing to hang and and listen to what we have to uh, you know have to present. If you like what we do, hit that follow button, come back, hang out with us more often, and make sure that you head on over to limitbreakradio.com and check out our brand new redesigned website over there. Uh, and you know, do things like subscribe to the podcast, uh, say hi, say hi in the chat room if you're a lurker. Or if this is your first time hanging out Say hey to us in the chat room uh, We love meeting new people We love when new people stop by the stream uh, And we want you to keep coming back So uh, you know get involved uh, Limit Break Radio is a uh, Is an interactive show And that's what we think one of the greatest Strengths of the show is so uh, Get involved stay involved stay with us Come back and uh, you know Contribute to future shows uh, we love It that you're here and a huge shout out To all, all of you uh, uh, Mr happy fans uh hanging out with us uh, on limit break radio for for maybe the very first time so uh thank you guys Hi. so much uh so let's uh let's hold on real quick um uh i want to touch on the random stuff radio mechanic uh so nika would shiva ex be an example of the kind of randomness you're looking for yeah actually yeah because the the weapon she pulls out isn't always a certain order right it's that's kind of true kind yeah, of, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and nice. actually that one's really difficult and actually since i haven't had the time to learn it i always avoid it but yes that's the reason is because it's it takes more skill and time to learn and i like that so yeah and I, if i had the group i would go back and relearn shiva x but no one ever wants to do it with me so you know okay no i think i think but rng no, but does have its place absolutely yeah although it does although still when you pull out the weapon you know each time she pulls out a weapon she has two moves she's going to do in a certain order every time so it's still i mean everything but, but imagine but imagine if they had thrown like four weapons into that you know what i mean like and and she could pull out any one of the four yeah, like I, there's, I like there's ways there's ways to be to do that to to you know and 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 it's not always obvious like whatever she it, you have to pay attention to the character model to know what she's going to be casting that was actually a pretty unique like mechanic that. and they just i felt like like they were like well if we if we put more you know weapon forms in there that it might get weird or something you know what i mean but i just i i elements like that yeah i think are are really good and add a bit of dynamic a bit of a dynamic aspect to um to 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 encounters like that you just don't want to get to the point where you can do the fight blindfolded like you should never you should always have to be able to take some form yes. of input off the screen and process it yes right. there some of been- it can be scripted obviously like if the entire fight was rng it would get really annoying really fast yeah but i mean having some aspect to it where like like, yeah, like if you if you were the kind of person that could memorize the times in your head and close your eyes and know exactly where to go, that shouldn't be what's happening. Yeah, so I think there's there should a U- be enough random. I think there's a YouTube of some guy out there doing a, a Titan hard mode completely blindfolded. Absolutely, just because he knows exactly how everything's going to go. Yeah, because I Titan hard it. mode as a tank. I believe it. I believe it. All right, uh, Juxta, why don't you take this next email? Uh, uh or wait, no, you read the yeah, last I email. Read, yeah. Escalia, you got one in the cannon. Uh, go. 
Hey, LBR. Saru Yukana, the swagoon of Sargatanis here, which that just rolls nicely off the tongue. I no. I, I think that Joe Never is the only swagoon. Yeah. He is well, the Saru Yukana OG, begs to differ. OG swagoon, the only, yeah. It's sort of like it's sort of like the Azur Dragoon. Like it's a, it's a title. There can only be one. There can only be one. But there's two. Shut up. <laughs> that guy's dead. Yeah. Well, yeah, technically now there is only one and it's me. Uh, I haven't been to many of your live streams because of the time differences, but I watch your podcast uploads on YouTube as soon as they're up. I really enjoy your show and keep up the good work. Oh, and also hashtag a casual life. <laughs> oh, geez. there you go. God. Before 3.0, I never really had any anxiety going into eight man raids. It all changed during a learning party for Bismarck EX. Our group couldn't meet the DPS check on his back. And initially I thought nothing of it since I was a pretty chilled player at the time. That's when the healer called me out, saying I did half the amount of damage as the paladin whilst I was on Bismarck. I don't know if this was true or not, but nevertheless, this was like a slap on the on the face. I had two of my FC members with me during that time, and I felt like I was letting them or I let them down and was embarrassing them. This was a wake up call. I was basically told to get good. I felt like I had to improve, or uh, otherwise, or otherwise, in each party I joined. I would feel like I was the burden and dragging the group down. So I worked on my rotation for a few days and watched rotation videos from well-known Dragoons such as Thendiel and Dervy. I had a fellow FC member parse me on a training dummy. I play on PS4 controllers for the win. And I was averaging just over 1k DPS on it for three minutes. It was refreshing, refreshing seeing this number as it boosted my confidence and got rid of some of my raid anxiety. But ever since the incident, I still have bouts of raid anxiety, especially when I am uh, contemplating to join party finder groups in my server because as you guys have highlighted before, having a bad server reputation would be the worst mm-hmm. it also changed the way i play i was a very laid back and chilled player before 3.0 but now i'm pretty competitive with other dps in my parties i'm glad that i have a fc that frequently do content together because it makes it more comfortable i did manage to clear bismarck in the end and then eventually ravana i believe that Ascalia was in one of our ravana ex learn slash clear parties we had three dragoons in that party battle litany for days that party was a nightmare <laughs> Uh, and that's it from uh, Saro Yukana, the Swagoon of Sargatanis. Thank you very much uh, for that email. Uh, good stuff, man. Uh, you know, it, I, I, I still, I still have yet to do Ravana EX, but uh, oh, man, get good. Yeah, where's you your bis- where's your where's Dude. your where's your bisex clear? Uh, you know, where's your bisex clear <laughs> it's over there? You know. I'll help you guys because I still need the card. So just let me know when You'll you help do them. It. I actually- you scumbag! <laughs> you know how many times I was like, "Oh my god, this is horrible," and you're just like, "Oh, uh, yep, that sucks." So I'm always busy when you were talking about it. You scumbag! <laughs> like, catch me when I'm not raiding. Uh, Man, this is what you get for being part of Team Nikalia. The Nika half just leaves no, you in the dust. <laughs> I love you, Escalia. All right, let's uh, let's take our next email here. Hi, LBR, longtime listener, first time writer into your talk shower. Uh, your discussion about raid anxiety was awesome. Uh, the feedback from that guy with the soothing, wonderful voice with the fan, uh, was fantastic. It is, that was Zachy from Excalibur. Uh, there was a point that was brought up about having confidence in yourself to get through the content, and it's quite accurate. So let's take a step back and figure out where this lack of confidence comes from. As a hashtag pug hero, I can tell you that I've come across a wide variety of players, and this is an observation that I've made. People who stress are either lacking in the skills department, sucking at one's job, or lacking in the knowledge department, knowing the fight mechanics. Or you're simply awestruck of the gorgeous sexiness that is Samus Rageborn. Uh, it is important. Uh, uh, I think it's important to figure out which department you suck at and work on that. If 
if you suck at your job, I have to reiterate, hashtag get good. Learn your job. Muscle memorize the rotation. Get a parser. Practice your DPS on the dummy. And I mean the practice dummy, not juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah, don't hit me. Until you, Wait, what? Until you reach the acceptable level of DPS that is expected of you. If you're lacking in the knowledge department, then make it a point to learn it fast. Uh, uh, well, how, uh, well, how do you learn it fast? Here's my suggestion. Pretend you're teaching the fight to somebody else. See the mechanic, make a mental note, recall a simpler, uh, recall a simple reminder cue each time you play through. Uh, when, uh, when I play through the fight, I say everything that I see and do out loud. I think there's some scientific study out there that shows if you verbally announce instructions or remind or reminder cues out loud you're more likely to absorb and retain it that's an interesting point also given because uh that that's one of the that's one of the big uh i think criticisms of act and a lot of the parsers is that they will call out phase changes or um you know major mechanics uh for you so that you you don't necessarily have to uh remember that that it It'll be it'll be a cue that you end up hearing and you react to it as opposed to actively knowing what the cue is, saying it out loud and uh, and and learning it that way, as uh, Samus is suggesting. If you're only focused on seeing the fight and doing damage, you'll end up tunnel visioning, as stated in the episode. However, if you take the effort to verbally cue when the next mechanic is going to happen, I can assure you that you'll have a much easier time absorbing the mechanics and repeating them with success. For example, during sex, I make it a... (laughs) I I make it a point to yell, Inner Beast! And that's to let her know I'm about to... Right, no, never mind. Donkey, uh, donkey punch the back of the head. Cannot read that on the air. Donkey, donkey punch. <laughs> uh, lastly, if you're awestruck of Samus Rageborn, well, you know where to find me at www.evolvedmail.com/porn. Uh, so thank you very much, that's Samus, for that. Great idea. For that uh, email. Interesting email. It is I, no, that's a good suggestion. I like. I can that. attest to that. Actually, talking about T7, when like the because you get the buff and then your scream goes out after a few seconds. I can. I actually would. Because it was called like a whatever scream, I would actually scream every time my scream was about to go out, and that would that would remind me and Surin. So it, it does help. Uh, yeah, I I I think it does, and uh, and there is some. I I know what Samus is referring to when he says that there's some kind of scientific study out there that says if you actually say something out loud, that it helps you learn it better. And I. It's a study it, for like school and it is. so yeah. enjoy so is i so enjoy him actually you know making the comment to get good and then providing a solution for how you may do so there you go yeah that's how you get good is by getting good by doing a thing yes <laughs> yes <laughs> all right uh, can, can i read this last one because it's uh ties into promotional plug uh yeah sure from Kasumi. all right uh hello again lbr i don't know if you remember my previous email but i'll keep this one short and as unessay like as possible in episode two of final encounter cast Escalia announced a charity event for people with gender identity issues this is important to me considering until now only four people were aware that i myself am a pre-hormone transgender one reason i play as a female character in ff14 is to cope with my dysphoria 
which I guess I'll just go ahead and say it. That was the true reason that I picked a Mithra back in the FF11 days. Uh, however, I've avoided... Hashtag real talk. Hashtag real talk. Real that, talk. that is the actual reason that I am a Mithra. So for all the other excuses that I've made over the years, they're all lies. Sorry. <laughs> uh, however, I've avoided using any methods of voice or video chat, such as uh, Skype and TeamSpeak, out of fear of judgment and rejection by those who assume I look and sound like a woman, have all the female exclusive body parts they may think are somehow important for running raids and defeating primals. I don't get it either. Uh, what are your opinions on the involvement of LGBT players in the FF14 community? Is there too much hate, too much pride? Should identi- identity outside of the game affect the dynamics of players within the game? And for Scalia, how has your identity been responded to in the community? And do you think others with gender identity issues should be more or less open about it within the game? Thank you all again for taking the time to read this email. Still a big fan of all the discussions and opinions on both Final Encountercast and Limit Break Radio, and even all the saltiness it provokes. I'm also very glad to see the followers and Patreon donor accounts skyrocketing, as you all deserve the recognition. I look forward to tuning in every week uh, for more. Sincerely, Kasumi Cascade of Lamia. Uh, thank you very much, Kasumi, for that email. Uh, and Anascalia, I'll let you respond to this in just a second. But sure. uh, thank you so much for shouting out Final Encountercast. If you haven't uh, had a chance to check out that show, head on over to FinalEncounterCast.com. Uh, I had sort of set this one aside in my head. Just I saw the uh, saw the opening and uh, thought that we might read this on Final Encountercast. But uh, Ascalia, as you do have. Uh, your event coming up yes uh yeah this is uh this is pretty important to read on the show today so uh escalia why don't you uh take a second and uh and and talk about this issue because it's a pretty serious issue yeah all right so like i said earlier on uh, a lot of people who are transgender or bigender or gender fluid or whatever you may call yourself um it is a nice escape to pick a female character in this game because you d- you're not on camera or anything like that and if you want to you know express yourself as a female you can for the most part and it's it is a definite relief it was one of those things that made high school much more bearable um uh, to answer your question my res- the response to me coming out on stream was incredible I, uh, super positive, super, super po- supportive, super supportive uh, and positive. I I had friends and family in the stream the first night I did it dressed as a female, um, and everyone was incredibly positive. I, immediately, everyone switched over to using my feminine name, using Callie instead of just straight up Ascalia. Uh, on that note, I wanted to thank you guys uh, for allowing me to use the name Callie on Final Encounter Cast. Um, it may not seem like a big deal to you guys but it is a humongous deal to me to use my feminine name in something that i consider a career aspect uh, ambition um this friday we do have uh seeds of acceptance coming up it is going to be my charity live stream i'm going to be playing a marathon playthrough of final fantasy 8 start to finish in one sitting that's this friday at three o'clock eastern time running until whenever the hell i finish all uh donations to the uh lbr patreon or uh, not to the LBR, to the uh, paypal uh, for LBR during that stream, stream will yeah. go to uh, Go Affirmations, which is a charity that provides th- uh, free therapy and counseling for people with gender identity issues uh, and allows allows them a safe haven to express who they are in a time of development where it's very hard to find anywhere where it's safe to express who you are. Um, I wish I had known places like that existed in my teenage years. I would have really given anything to be able to do that. I kept who I was a secret from the world from the time I was 11 until I was 24. And I'm proud to say I will never do it again. But um, yeah, that, that, that's uh, pretty much what I say. I say, you know, there are a lot of LGBT individuals in the FF14 community. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be on Whispering Dawn, um, which is hosted by an LGBT individual. 
um, just anywhere you look, a lot of different podcasts, they have uh, LGBT individuals. I think they do a great job uh, contributing. And I think this community, we, we've said it before here on Limit Break Radio, bar none, Final Fantasy XIV has one of the greatest communities in the world. Limit Break Radio especially has one of the most outstanding fan bases I have ever had the privilege of being able to work with. I could not do what I do without you guys and without you guys here in the room and you, Nika, of course. It's, it's incredible. Thanks, Escalia. We uh, we appreciate that perspective. Uh, to to kind of address your question about uh, getting on voice chat, um, you know, I clearly uh, this is not an issue that I've dealt with firsthand. Uh, I I do have friends that have dealt with issues like this, and uh, I do know from my uh, you know from my experience talking to them that um, it doesn't matter uh, which which way you're doing a gender conversion that your voice ends up being a huge source of uh of of being self-conscious um it's it's one of the you know it's one of the 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 sort of defining factors that um you know it, it it you can't you can't get that far away from it. Your voice is sort of, you know, you can, your you voice can, is kind you, of who you are. Yeah. You can affect a voice. We all can affect our, our voice and change, you know, put on an affectation. Right. But that's, I think that that's totally different. And, um, I, I totally, you know, I, I, the reason that I say this is because I don't want to downplay your struggle. Your struggle is really real and it's, and it is, uh, really common, uh, you know, in, in terms of other people that, that struggle with this as well. You're not alone. That's my no. point is that you're, you're absolutely not alone. And I've, you know, I've listened to fascinating, uh, you know, fascinating discussions about, uh, quote unquote having, you know, having a quote unquote gay voice, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, it, men who are straight or, uh, pride themselves in their masculinity who, have a you know a, what is c- traditionally considered a very feminine voice yeah. and how uh y- you know how self-conscious that that can make them and it's a it's a real issue and the only thing that i think i can really encourage is to be comfortable with yourself and who you are and and showing that to other people because i think you'll end up being really surprised by how open and receptive people are there are always dicks yes there are always ass Holes, there is always someone who's going to try to tear you down for who you are, yep. what you believe, what you think, how you express yourself. Okay, but if you know who you are, that's the important thing. If if you if at the end of the day, you know, you can look at yourself in the mirror and and you know you're you're confident in who you are as a person. That's what's important. That's what mm-hmm. we all seek. Right. Um, you know, I, 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 I struggle with, with self-esteem. I know that that's probably hard to believe, uh, uh, for some <laughs> people because I host a podcast, but I do, I, I, I am, uh, I, I, you know, my personality is really introverted. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a shy person on a one-to-one level. I, I, you know, I, push myself to be able to do things like the show and to to do things like broadcasting but it, it's a performance it takes a lot out of me and um you know i i understand what it's like to have people see you in one way and have it not necessarily be the way that you want to be seen or who you are to, to anyone out there afraid of like doing the voice chat or anything like that just 
you are way more afraid of of revealing who you are than anyone else is of hearing it like like your true friends and the people who matter will stick by you yep you do have to be willing to learn who your true friends are yep because some of the some of them will surprise you but you're more afraid like i can like i've had two instances of something really shitty happening over my gender identity one in real life and one on twitch and it's just like that's two instances of the thousands of people that we interact with via limit break radio via twitch stream uh just via our real lives like uh, two instances of bad things happening and the two things stick out you remember them but for the most part you be you and you be happy with you and most people are just giving me like good for you dude yeah and that's like like my, telling my brother was the scariest moment of my life like bar none telling my brother the scariest moment of my life and his reaction was literally like sounds cool you like do makeup and stuff and i'm like yeah he's like we should go get makeup sometime oh okay well apparently that's all that was <laughs> yeah and and i mean i think i think from the from the other side if someone you know if someone tells you yeah. uh you know uh, your your reaction is a big part of this yeah. you know like if they're telling you there's a reason that that they're telling you and uh you know uh it, being supportive is is the most important thing being supportive of somebody that you care about is the most important thing and you know like i've i've watched people give reactions like yeah okay that's cool like whatever you want to go get pizza now and i i you know and sometimes that's that's also uh, a, a difficult reaction to uh to accept uh, because it is it is a very kind of defining moment in in somebody's life and they're choosing this moment to and it's also like extremely hard for them to come out to you yeah. so if it's like you're just like kind of playing it off it's if also you, yeah if you're of, just yeah. nonplussed it's like eh. yeah, you, yeah you sit there you you because that person's gone through the ringer trying to get up their courage to come out and yeah. like and have this conversation then you just kind of blow it off you're like no, this is kind of important. Like, yeah, yeah. like I, I'm glad you're not like freaking out and like not wanting to be my friend anymore. Right, but, right. Like something. So something. Something. So, yeah. Some. Yeah. So. But for the most part, you know, people are going to be cool. And if you're, it's people start questioning what you are when you show that you're uncomfortable with it. That's what I've learned. If you are comfortable and confident with who you are, no one's going. No, hardly anyone's going to say anything. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's. That's those are the only pieces of advice that we can offer that we can offer you. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ascalia, obviously having uh, the context for for uh, an issue like this far more than someone like me. Uh, and and I readily I told I readily admit that uh, I don't have the context, but I have the empathy. Uh, and and I think that that's that's always something to keep in mind is empathy. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's, you know what? We, we've only got a couple of more emails here. Let's just, let's just finish off the lot. Why not? Uh, uh, uh Nico, <laughs> why don't you take this next email from, uh, I gotta find it now. We're all over the place. Uh, yeah, I know we, we kind of have cherry picked these, but, uh, why don't we, why don't we take this next one from, uh, Sergey, uh, Har- Harlan, Harlan, Nick. Uh, if I can find it, sorry. I no, one... found it. All right, yeah, here we go. There you go. From the Ifrit server. All right. Hello, wonderfully energetic hosts of LBR. I am sitting here listening to you guys answer an email about a player who is having a problem finding a static due to another player trashing their reputation. Some of the discussion was voicing some doubt on whether people actually go around trashing others' reputation. I wanted to put some perspective on the conversation with my own experience. 
Back in A Realm Reborn, I was a member of a 140 plus member free company that had a one man raid with a few bench warmers, myself being one of them. Um, I pride myself on doing my homework for a fight, knowing my rotation, always researching how to improve and being ready at a moment's notice. But at the time, I simply lacked a static. Then final coil dropped. I was asked by my FC officers to become the leader of a second raid group and started working out who was going to be on that. This is where things got ugly. Some of the members of the first raid began displaying elitist behavior, purposefully scheduling raid conflicts between the two groups, and then started to treat raid two as bench warmers again. It came to an insulting head when first raid got to T13. These players had seen me perform in T9, 10, 11, and 12 and not get carried. So when I knew they were going in again, but their caster had to bail, I piped up that I was ready and able. I had done my homework, watched POV videos, read forums, etc. I got the response of, sorry, but we actually want the clear. Wow. I said nothing in response. I sat there and I took that as a sign that all of my clears were carries. I wasn't a decent player. Luckily, my FC leader called his fellow Raiders out on their comment and they were at least able to squeeze out an albeit half-assed apology. But this was the end of not only the raiding groups, but the entire FC went into a tailspin and was dissolved not even a month later. The original antagonist left first, slowly peeling off members to their newly formed FC. I held out as long as I could, but when my friends went back, uh, went yeah, my, my friends went due to lack of able players in the FC. I reluctantly jumped free companies, hanging my head in shame. Right off the bat, I got lip service that the past was the past. It only took a month for that to dissolve. In one fell swoop, the douchebags pulled us into a party, told us they wanted us to leave the free company. When asked why, they never gave us a straight or honest answer. Then began the kicking. Not just from the free company, but then went to any Lingxia leaders that we happened to share membership with and got us kicked from those. These power-hungry, sneaky, and terrible people were people I used to look up to and respect. Now they were flexing muscles and destroying my ability to play a game I love. When the dust settled, we who were kicked formed a new FC. We are small, but we are mighty. We are currently gearing ourselves up for our first Faust fight and enjoying the game again. My point in telling you my experience is that while they don't make up the majority of this community, there are players out there who will seek to damage your ability to play this game we love. Also, sorry, I was winded about this. I tried to be brief. Love what you guys do. Keep up the good work. Sergey Harnlick, a Femfrit server, not Ifrit. Sorry. Th okay. Thank you very much for that email. Uh, gr great points there. Uh, there are people who will seek out to destroy your reputation just like there are people who listen to the show that want to try to just that want to try to harm my reputation by going through my lodestone page or my ffx i you know i my uh ffxi auction house page <laughs> to see what i have accomplished or what i haven't as uh as a player look i i mean like there there are a lot of situations where people come up against friction. I I just uh, I just experienced this myself, where I got ejected from my raid group for leaving at nine or I'm sorry at ten o'clock after some shitty runs to go work on the Limit Break Radio episode that was going to come out at midnight. So that's really cool. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, but, but now obviously you guys in the chat and listening to the show uh, will be able to appreciate like, oh, yeah, you had to go work on the show. Duh, it's a Nero from Limit Break Radio. Uh, but this joyless asshole decided to just boot me from the from the raid group and, uh, and not even not even consider the fact that I had some other shit that I had to work on. And, uh, you know, 
know what? Fuck it. It, it, it. In the end, it doesn't matter. Okay, but to be fair, you were, I mean, it was like a hard, like, progression static. I mean, you were like... Oh, no, wipe- no, no. They were they were struggling on, on Alex's normal content, so... Wait, wait, oh, wait. I'm so... I'm sorry. I'm, I thought you said that they had gotten... They were on, like, Alex Savage and they were wiping on... Are no, you no, saying no. that they were wiping on Alex's normal four? A1... No, A1. They were wiping on A1 and giving up. And they were wiping on A4. It yes. was. It was. Re- it, I mean, honestly, like it was for the better that I that I. Did you I've thank that person? Found other things to do, but it, you but know. No, like, I'm curious. The last email on the last episode talked about how those people would actively seek out to hurt their reputation. So now that this group kicked you, though, are they like putting up horrible party banners <laughs> about you? Like, don't invite an arrow to no, the group. He's, no, he's going to leave. No, no, they haven't. And uh, the reason is, is because I do this show. Uh, you can't, uh, uh, you, uh, nobody, nobody, nobody has a larger platform than limit break radio. Like it just, if, if you're on Sergeant Tannis, you think you have a larger sounding board than we do bring it. If you, if you think, if you think you can, you can hurt my reputation any more than the salted earth episode did. I, inv- I invite you to try because I don't think you can. Um, all, all of you the can't go- waste my time. Cause my time is worthless. Any, any good, any goodwill that I had gained in Nika's static, who was going to help me out with things that I was apparently stuck on. I lost on that episode. They are not willing to give me their help with anything. Apparently. So <laughs> I, I'm not afraid. I, the, that's the other thing is that I'm not afraid to burn a bridge. I'm not afraid to. I'm not. I'm also not afraid to stand up for myself and say, "Well, this is the situation as it existed from my point of view." And you know what? There's there's two sides to everything. Unfortunately, th- what you're being bad at is you're being bad at convincing other people that you're not a piece of shit. And I understand that that's a pretty big mountain to work against. But we all, you know, I think we've all had points in our life where we've come up against something like that what do you do do you move on do you find new friends i i I don't know i don't know what the answer is there's a lot i mean there's a lot of valid answers that you can uh that you can come up with on your own but you know what man i i just like to put out that being able to clear a one normal is a requirement for being my friend (laughs) (laughs) well that's what i was thinking is i was was like you know what we're struggling at shit that i can clear that i can one shot in a duty finder come on this is really really not uh boating very well okay let's uh we've got two more emails here and then that will actually take care of all of our emails from this week holy shit uh so uh let's see this one comes from uh asger Cadon from the Cerberus server hi everyone one love the show uh having only found it a few weeks ago i've been playing f14 for six months now and after it was recommended to me by a friend to take my mind off of uh my partner's death oh that sucks sorry. Man. i'm really sorry, sorry. Uh, I must admit that this being my first MMO, I was apprehensive, uh, but it's an absolutely fantastic game, and I've met some brilliant people. I'll admit my experience has uh, sometimes been diminished by some douchebags and dungeons, but mostly it's been great with uh, great players. One quick question about uh, uh, one quick question though: What do you mean by glamour when talking about equipment, etc.? Keep up the fantastic work and content, Asger Cadon of the 
Cerberus server. First of all, uh, our condolences for your loss. Yeah, that is, so sorry. That's really that's terrible. Right. That's that's awful. Uh, and uh, the second thing is, uh, I don't I don't know if maybe you're at a point where you haven't unlocked glamour. I know you have to be at like level, level fifty, level yeah. fifty to be able to unlock glamouring. Uh, but what it does is you can change the aesthetic of any piece that you're wearing to any other piece of gear that you can equip as that job. So if there's a you know if there's a weapon that you like and it looks you know you like the look of, you can change the look of whatever weapon you've currently got equipped to uh, to to retain that form. Um, it's only it's uh, it's only a graphic change. It's it's only aesthetic. None of it ha- you know you can't change stats on on weapons. That's what materia is for. Um, so yeah, that that yeah. That's- when we refer to gear as being glamour gear, it means gear that has no stat purpose. Than that you would only use to change your gear's look. Right. Yep. So if a gear is a glamour gear, that's what we mean. Yep. All right. And uh, who wants to take this last email? I got it. All right. Hey, LBR crew. And number six, Kappa. It's uh, <laughs> Ethereum Buyer from Cerberus. Back to write you guys an email as I watched your last episode of LBR. LOL, Mr. Salty wanting his money back. Uh, I took notice to a certain email talking about his thoughts on the game's, quote, progress being very repetitive. Three dungeons and an EX primal and a raid. I remember this email, yep. yep. And uh, here is what I want to add in. I don't doubt Yoshi P, since he did an amazing job in fixing 1.0 and Heaven's Ward so far. But in a way, I feel like Yoshi wouldn't uh, put all his eggs in one basket with the FC airship content. What do you guys feel about this, and what are your thoughts about this? Do you think that Yoshi has put all his eggs in one basket, or does he have uh, more, and this is just the tip of the iceberg? And will Gil ever be useful? If you say glamour, juxta, fuck you, (laughs) nothing but love, uh, smiley face. Anyways, thanks for taking the time to read my email, and I hope the show never changes. Sincerely, uh, Ethereum Buyer. Thank you very much for that email, uh, Ethereum. And uh, yeah, uh, do I think or do I hope? Because I hope he doesn't. I hope he's got Yoshi has more than just uh, the FC Air Company ship. Yeah, I I agree with that, and I think that's why we've, uh, or at least I have also been saying that uh, you know the twenty four man raid would also be a good place to try to incentivize free companies working together. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot. There's actually a lot that they could choose to do that they haven't impl- uh, implemented as part of this game that was around during eleven, and we've we've gone through these before. Things like pop items. T- systems for NMs where you have to fight uh, you know and down a certain NM to be able to progress to the other one um, you know these are all uh, different ways that Square Enix could uh, choose to gate or unroll their content that they have not chosen to do everything has been instanced everything is either a dungeon encounter or a single uh, you know single encounter versus a you know primal or whatever um, and and that's the pattern that they've chosen. There is a lot of, I mean, this game, clearly you can have deviations for that. Hunts is a pretty good example of that. And that's something that we got, uh, you know, in the in the mid patches of 2.0. But let's take hunts and let's expand on that idea. Let's give us something more than just hunts in the entirety of the 3.0 patch, you know, from 3.0 to 3.5. Let's give us some other things to do that that are concentrated at the the end level, the 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 large 
uh, you know, the large party alliance style content. And then that that kind of solves a lot of that problem. And again, they have that ability with the with everything being so concentrated at the at the end levels of this game right now. You seen the comic where the guys at SE talking about what they're going to put in the next uh, patch. And the guy's like, how about a weapon that's good for more than two patches? And they yeah. just throw them out the window. I did see that. <laughs> yeah, I love that meme. I did see that. Uh, so thank you very much for that email. Uh, that's going to do it for us here at Limit Break Radio today. Uh, long episode. Lo- real long episode. Feels like the olden days. I know, yeah. right? Uh, but we got a we got a great discussion out of this episode. Far, I mean, way way more way more lively than what I was prepared to sit down and uh, and, and do today here, guys. So uh, thank you so much for uh, y- your lively conversation. Thank you to Raven, our one caller this episode. And <laughs> uh, and, and we didn't even properly say goodbye to him. We did. Uh, we yeah. love you, Raven. We're sorry. Shout out to Raven. Uh, of course, if you'd like to join us on the show, call in as a live caller. Uh, well, tune in live at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. And if you're listening now, if you're one of the 383 people listening live right now, hit that follow button and you'll get an email. You'll get notified whenever we go live and join us for all future episodes of Limit Break Radio. This is, of course, a weekly Final Fantasy 14 podcast that goes down here each and every Sunday at twitch.tv slash limit break radio. Usually we start around two o'clock, but to accommodate a certain ninja's work schedule, we went a little bit earlier today at noon. And if you want the most up-to-date scheduling info, make sure that you head on over to our website, limitbreakradio.com our freshly redesigned website at limitbreakradio.com and that will give you all the information that you need to know about when the next show is going live. It's like Bam, right there on the front page. Uh, bookmark it. Come back. You can see if we're live in that moment or not. It's a, it's, it, you know, we've got comments. Uh, we've got uh, new players. We've got all kinds of new stuff. Head on over to LimitBreakRadio.com. Check that out. Bookmark it. And check back with the blog if you want more specific timing information for exactly when these shows are going live. And then join us live on Twitch.tv slash LimitBreakRadio and call in at 810-515-8715 or by sending a Skype message to the Skype account Limit Break Radio to be a live caller to Limit Break Radio. And of course the new website and everything here, the entire show, the weekly show, that would not be possible without your support over at patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Thank you guys so much for your enthusiastic support of Limit Break Radio. Your dollars make this show possible. It makes doing, you know, continuing to, uh, to expand the show and uh, expand our scope into Final Encountercast. It makes all of these things possible. And if you would like to join the 121 people that have already generously given to uh, to our Patreon page, head on over to patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio and give whatever's comfortable for your budget. Even a dollar a month will get you access to our special green room show that we're going to be recording right after this, as well as, uh, uh, you know, be able to support Final Fantasy 14 podcasting that you rely on each and every single week. Uh, thank you very much to all of uh, the Hap Army that ended up checking out the show, all of the Mr. Happy fans that ended up checking out the show as a result of his follow earlier. Thank you so much. Shout out to Mr. Happy. We always appreciate the support. And if it's your first time hanging out with us, hit that follow button. Come back and hang out with us all the time. We're a really fun bunch. All right, that's going to do it for Limit Break Radio. I want to thank my co-hosts of course. 
course, juxtaposition, Kahlo Landis, even though he's gone, Eskali Arayumasa, and Nika Kayanian for their time and their effort today and recording episode number 25 of Limit Break Radio. Stick around. A mini encountercast is coming up next here on twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. That's going to do it for episode number 25. I'm Aniro. Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Scry De La Rosa, Zurian Urexin, Satori Komeji, Carquin Elbarn, Rajan Nelka, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. (laughs) 